Hi, this is Dave Block. You're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. Delayed reaction. <laughs> Excited. How could you not be? No. Saying. Oh, crap. Yeah, 25 years in the making. I'm glad I set this up. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Me too, buddy. You're awesome. Thank you. Thanks so much. I try. Nice. 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 How are you? Have we got a long intro? Or what? Fairly. Hilarious. It's appropriate, though. You're giving our guests. Well, did you see Ed Kisker's doing a thing in hip hop? Family Tree's uh, next version with uh, when uh, Easy E met a certain person back in the day. Nice. Yeah. He, he could run with this his entire career now. Yes. And, and he should. Yes, I was jealous. I saw on Twitter today, Pisker and Shuli were sitting on a flight together, flying to a, a, a Comic-Con. And I was thinking, that'd be fun. I'd like to be in that row. Yeah. Look, crickets, what's going on here? You guys are a little nervous, aren't you? No, I'm waiting for you to give us the cue to do the intros. Wow, lordy begordy. It's like we're new. That's right. This is the all new, getting, all different. We're still be on our best behavior. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, right, right. Because I'm sure he demands that. Hey, everybody! 11 o'clock comics, episode 319, and I'm a very excited Vince P. Boy, you got your Stanley hat on and everything. I am David A. Price. It's the pointy one oh, with the dunce yes, on it. Is. Oh. And I am coming at you like a nightmare. The one, the only, Bad Rock. Look at you. <laughs> That's a subtle hint. Uh, which, of course it is now. Uh... And you don't have to be a Ben Grimm knockoff to get cheap comics. <laughs> oh, there goes one of my notes. All right. I got to talk about something else now. No, no mercy. All you, you got to do is set your favorites to stun and hip on over to dcbservice.com. Discount comic book service. dcbservice.com where you and all your friends and family and everybody you know can get your comics cheap, fast, in great condition and delivered right to your door. We are in that gray period between um, specials, so I will resort to the tried and true and say, as always, I am assuming the discounts will be both numerous and deep and plentiful. And for you, just hop on over, dcbservice.com. They are the best. You can get your previews for cheap, a dollar and change. They don't mind late orders, and you can add stuff after the cutoff. What more do you need? Huge, you want them to huge month, It's going to be a huge yeah. month. Yes, because Hickman's Fantastic Four Omnibus Volume 2. Now, does that wrap it up? Is it just the two volumes and that's the yeah, whole run? That, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that include FF or just Fantastic Four? They have been including this FF. It says yeah. FF okay. and it has some other ancillary, I guess, things in it. it this, is, this is the completest volume, put it that way. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, I was reading that last week. And I'm amazed just how far in the driver's seat Hickman puts Susie. It's like yeah, Reed, true. it's like Reed isn't even there at some <laughs> And that's good because she has been, you know, given the, the short shrift for a lot of years. Mm-hmm. 
she's at the Atlantean Ambassador. That's awesome. It is awesome. Because she smells like fish from Namer. I'm so glad really? that you've finally gotten around to hearing a brother. All right. Let's, let's do this quick because, <laughs> yeah, I'm drinking Diet Pepsi. Woot woot. <laughs> Had my run. I'm in good, good oh, feeling. Yeah. Good. You're going to look good at Heroes this coming couple weeks. <laughs> <laughs> as, as I ride in on my uniform, oh, oh, wait. shit with the, with the flowing mane. You and, to, you. you and Tony, you and Tony, riding on my little ponies nice. with Mario. Yeah. Uh, in honor of our um, the person sitting in the fourth chair this evening from California, I am drinking some uh, Redwood Creek. I finished off the Malbec with dinner, so now I'm sipping on some Cabernet Sauvignon. Uh, and I, uh, am drinking because it's old school, just like our guest, uh, some Yangling lager. Nice. I do nice. have my 501s on. Mmm. Uh, you're ruining it. You are so, I'm Ooh. dialing them right I now. Got our, before I got you... Arsenio on the back, in the background. <laughs> Here we go. While, while Vince is dialing up, let me just send a quick. How the magic happens. I love the ring. The ring is my favorite thing in the whole world. You leaving it in? Yeah, my ring. Hello. This is Jason Wood. How are you, sir? Hey, buddy. What's up? Good, good to have you on. I, uh, I also have on the line my co-hosts and buddies, Vince and David. Hello, Rob. Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey there, Rob. Very excited to talk to you guys. Uh, although, I'm not, although, uh, although I'm not really sure why you want to talk to me. But I'm, I'm I'm ready to go. I got a mouth, and I know how to use it. We we, we like to give the up and comers a, a, a you know a yeah, place exactly. to talk about their stuff. So I love it. I, 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 there you go. I'll, I'll I'll take the form. I don't think we've ever had a legend on the show. That's true. Until and, until and you still don't. But, but <laughs> I'll do my best. I'll do my best to assimilate one. Nice. Well, well, Jason, in case they haven't guessed already, the people at home, tell them who we have on the line. Yeah, I mean, if, 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 well, if, if people haven't guessed by now, shame on them, but I guess we do have some, some, uh, I guess preteen listeners uh, out there, I guess. Um, so on the line in the fourth chair tonight is, uh, definitely a huge treat for me personally. Um, you know, I think anybody in our age group that has been a lifelong comic fan, uh, knows the man's work, uh, and was, Deeply influenced by he and his partners and what they did to the industry, uh, and certainly uh, a number of the characters that he's responsible for creating are, to this day, as you guys know full well, my very favorite characters in all of comics. I have walls of my house adorned with images of these characters, uh, in spite of being a 40-year-old man. As a testament to that, um, this is probably, on top of being a legendary creator, though, I think one of the reasons I'm so excited to have him on the show is that he is, number one, a, a guy that, if you know him on social media, has an unbelievable zest for life. He he loves things. He loves TV, movies, comics, his kids' sports, the NBA, which we'll probably talk about in a few minutes here because we have a bet on that. Um, and he, he, unlike a lot of guys, is more than happy to share his opinions uh, and so it's an extreme great pleasure to finally have on the show, uh, to chat with us for a while, Mr. Rob Liefeld. Welcome aboard, Rob. Hey, thanks for having me. Ah, this is awesome. <laughs> Very cool. So, so Rob, just by way of background from us, we, we, uh, we're all pretty much your, your, your age. So we're like your contemporaries. I, I, I okay. think I'm probably, I'm 40. David's, I think right around your age. I was a little younger. 40. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, and, and Vince has got you beat by a few years, but. 
we all definitely were, uh, were, you know, in the, in the thick of things in the, uh, in the, the formative years of, uh, of your run at Marvel and then obviously image and, uh, and then I guess you and I became internet social media friends, the power of social media yep. thanks to, uh, thanks to sort of, uh, the stuff, stuff I would talk about on Twitter and iFanboy and the stuff you would talk about. So it's pretty cool. Like it's, it's, it's one of the amazing things about social media is the, you know, if, if you would have told, uh, 15 year old Jason Wood that someday I'd be, yeah. Having like daily chats with, uh, with, with the guy who created, uh, Deadpool and Domino, I would have been, you know, I would have thought you were out of your mind, but, but lo and behold, uh, it, that's, that's the way of the world these days. So it's pretty crazy. No, it's great. Like I, like you said, social media is fantastic. We've all got to know each other better. Um, you can kind of vibe out people's interests, who you'd, who you'd, uh, kind of get along with and then match up with in real life like you and I did. When we met in New York, and I mean, it's, it's just fun. I mean, I remember I, I followed you. I, I loved your opinions. You're a smart guy. Um, you know, it's, well, uh, no, no, no. I mean, I, I, you know, what you say in, in, in the financial realm and then in the comic book realm. I mean, look, I, I, I've always liked people who share knowledge and passion. And like you said, I mean, you, you're kind of describing me. And, and, and my only reaction is like, wasn't well, everybody like that? Does everybody like TV and movies and sports? <laughs> and so, so I'm like, you know, I, I, I mean, I just, uh, I do pinch myself every day. It's been a fantastic, uh, existence, life, career. Um, so it's exciting. I mean, I, I've tried to temper myself on social media because I, I don't, um, there are things and people that absolutely drive, drive me bonkers, but just like in real life, I'm not going to run down every guy who cuts me off on the freeway. Um, so, you know, on, on social media, it's just, yeah, just shut up and let people do what they do. And in the meantime, you know, just like we all do on, on certain things, just, roll your eyes and kind of try and focus on what you like. And, uh, but I mean, I just, it is, you know, it's also a benefit uh, having come up so young, uh, that I do get to be pals with guys who are my age, who enjoyed my work. And I'm, I was fortunate to make that happen because, you know, as a young man, I just, there was no other options for me. Uh, I had to break into comics and, uh, I was fortunate to break through at 18 years old and, you know, if that means that guys who were, you know, collecting me when I was 20, they were 15. I've met, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, Jason, that's 90% of the people I meet, you know. Um, and, and it's really fun as I get older to meet up with them at shows or on social media, at store signings. And uh, they are also, that age group is becoming uh, accomplished in their fields. Uh, and, and sometimes that's, uh, you know, working for an NBA uh, you know, franchise, uh, speaking of social media, I, I have a non-disclosure. I can't speak any further, but while I'm sitting there ragging away on teams on Twitter, uh, uh, an NBA club contacts me through Twitter and I can't say much more other than a significant person in the club is a huge fan of mine growing up. And then I'm like, wow, I'm so sorry. Um, I hate your club. And, uh, <laughs> and I now just full disclosure. And then, and then they uh, said, hey, we want to work with you on something. I was like, well, why don't you reach to my timeline and see if I picked on your team to the point that it frustrated you. And if, you know, if, if you're still interested, they're like, dude, we're totally interested. Let's go. And that happened through social media. Uh, Darren Aronofsky asking me to draw something for the Noah film. Happened awesome. through social media. And you just go, it's a way, I'm even blown away. And I say this as my kid is on his bed Skyping with five people. <laughs> or Googling, whatever he's yep. doing. So we're like, 
we're like old people on the phone, and they're like Jetsons, living like the Jetsons down the hall. So, you know, oh, I guess no we'll never catch up. Well, you know, it's it's interesting because, um, you know, I guess it, it, I don't know how you would characterize yourself, celebrity, what have you, at this point in your life. But but do your kids, because your your kids are, are, are right about my kids' age, and uh, I, I often laugh because I feel like. Um, whatever accomplishments we have in life, I feel like your kids are sort of a reality check to that. Like they, like my kids don't view mm-hmm. me in the lens of, Oh, you know, you're a fund manager. Oh, you, you know, you do, they, they, I'm their dad. And, and that means I'm more goofy than not. And, and, right. you know, Oh, they're and, embarrassed of you. Oh no, no, no. They're embarrassed of you. Absolutely. So, so do, uh, do, any mean, I, comics? do any of your kids read comics or do um, they have any they, concept? They, of your different, they, my two boys, uh, Go in and out of them, just like they go in and out of video games, just like they go in and out of cartoons, just like they go in and out of, you know. Uh, my 14-year-old has had the deepest connection, uh, was probably, you know, five, six years ago, uh, really into Green Lantern, uh, bought, you know, we'd give him comics and gifts, but then he was like, he's determined with his own money to buy pretty much the entire Jeff Johns run, and then because dad had the hookup, he was able to, meet Jeff Johns and that was awesome but he just sparked to um, Green Lantern and then I gave him Christ Lantern for Earth he uh, prior to that he I have you know hundreds of action figures I'm not like the guys that keep them I have some that I keep in the blister pack but most of them are in giant tubs I take them out I like to check them out um, he used to have the uh, superhero battles with him and his friends or with me I certainly, at five, at, when he was seven or eight, did not tell him my dad created these characters that he <laughs> favored because he would fight you to the wall to get Deadpool or Cable on his team. And I never told him, oh, well, hey, son, you know, uh, you know, dad designed that. I mean, what a jackal, right? I mean, I would just quietly go, I would quietly go, wow, that's an affirmation that there's some magic in those designs and those creations. But, and it was like later, I, he came home a couple of years ago and said, Dad, did you create Deadpool? And I said, why are you asking me? So, look, and just this afternoon, my youngest boy, 12, ran through and said, Dad, guy at the snack shop, snack shack today, had Deadpool shirt on. And and I was like, oh, that's cool. And, and he's like, yeah, yeah, I asked him what he liked about him. But he also is a cool kid and, didn't, and doesn't say, oh, my dad created it. Yeah, <laughs> He's just happy to see, like, hey, there's that. That's out there. As Deadpool has become more and more prominent, I think it excites them. I think they have a certain ownership, uh, whether it's – look, they love going to conventions. They love going to comic book stores. Uh, you know, like I said, my, my, my 12-year-old, he suddenly got turned on to manga in the last year. And one thing Dad has a lot of is manga. And through Naruto and Dragon Ball, and so, you know – Look, my head was only exclusively into that stuff for a long time, too, and that is 100% uh, the rabbit hole he's gone down. Um, and, uh, and, and again, he gets to read those, watch them online, go on YouTube, watch Naruto and Dragon Ball. So they're into this stuff, but they just digest it a different way, and then don't even get me started on the Xbox, uh, PlayStation versions of all this stuff, because then that's how they, you know... Uh, experience that and, and again it's just it's it's fun because w- hands down uh, from robert kirkman to my kids best friends they go 
Deadpool is my favorite character to play in Capcom Marvel. And then I'm like, oh, of course he's that. He's that. And and so, you know, that's fun. And as I get older, I, I, I it is so awesome to have been responsible for stuff that has uh, sta- sta- stood the test of time. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of stuff that was created during that time, you know. But um, so it's just, you know, it's, it's great that the hard work I put in as a young man continues to pay off. And, and it's fun. But so anyway, like I said, my, my kids, they're into it. They, but like you said, uh, they'd be much more impressed if I could dunk the ball. Okay. I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. So, yeah. And that's not happening in this lifetime. So, <laughs> um, you, you know, the, uh, the, the thing we've been doing the show for almost, got almost seven years now. And, uh, a lot of times we'll take sort of questions from our audience and whatnot. And, and, and a topic that seems to come up every, every now and then when we do Q and A is they'll ask us some version of like a, a theme of the idea that, you know, what's, what characters mm-hmm. that were created in comics in the last 15 to 20 years have stood the test of time, mainly talking about the big two with the idea that, you know, essentially it's been much harder in the last, you know, few, you know, as the, as the years have gone on, it's been much harder for new characters to stick. You know, there, there's been lots of characters introduced and then they kind of go by the wayside or become tertiary characters. So, I mean, when you look back, you know, at the time when, when it was, it was certainly you, but it was also some of the other guys that, you know, like, like, like Todd and Eric and stuff that were doing what you did before you went to image. Like, what do you think it is about in particular, like some of those characters that, I mean, as you look back on it now, because the Deadpool that you wrote is obviously gone through a million different iterations, right? People have written them, you know, from Joe Kelly to, you know, some of the more, the, the Deadpool reading the comics has, has had a million different faces. So, so Correct. what do you think, what do you think it is about the, the particular characters that have managed to sort of permeate that, that seemingly in, you know, impenetrable, uh, you know, uh, field of, of, of standing the test of time. Have you ever thought on that or is it like too, too oh, close to your own thing to think? Yeah, about? no, no, no. I look, I was influenced. I did what I did because I was influenced by the guys that came before me. I uh, migrated towards George Perez and John Byrne and Jack Kirby prior to that because they made and designed cool stuff. Um, you know, Burn, uh, it, it's weird, but, but there was a period for about five, six years, and comics, Alpha Flight was an important concept, book, characters, strong ties to the X-Men universe. Um, and uh, again, that was all a product of, of Burns, you know, uh, design and, and creation. And look at, look at George President. You got to understand, I, I'm, I'm a rare bird. In, in the 70s, you know, little Robbie Lightfoot was jamming on down to the drugstore and buying tight Teen Titans drawn by Don Heck and and, mm. and written by Bob Rosaskis. And I was like, oh, wow, I, I, some great covers on these books. There was, that there was one where, like, the old Titans were fighting the new Titans, but the insides were pretty uninspired. But then suddenly, my favorite artist crossing the street, George Perez, oh, my gosh, who's Starfire, Cyborg, Raven? Uh, why is this book called Chandling? Um, and suddenly you're just like, whoa, I did. I remember getting the preview of Teen Titans in DC Comics present presents on I me. Mean, I, I could, the pages couldn't touch my face close enough. I, I had to get that magic, man. I had to, I was like so excited. Who is this? What is this? The, the power of Kirby, I mean, uh, uh, of Perez, cause he channeled a lot of Kirby energy was on the page and it was something DC wasn't, you know, used to projecting at me. And then, you know, uh, from, Deathstroke and Ravager and Trigon and, and, and the Fearsome Five and, I mean, Cheshire. I mean, George, 
and Marv Wolfman uh, served it up month in, month out. Titans rose to the top of the ranks, challenged the X-Men when you were hitting the convention scene in 1981, 82, 83, 84, and were with your peers. Your peers were talking about what's better, X-Men or Titans. All Titans is better than all X-Men. Um, and it just, that that's where, uh, and I'm going to put Chris Kremlin out of, it, out of this, and I shouldn't. I mean, Days of Future Past was when Avalanche, Debuted Pyro debuted. I mean, I was like, when did the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants get this awesome? <laughs> you know, and you're like, whoa! And and I mean, I remember turning the page, and I even told my friends, I said, I told my kids, I said, man, when I walked in to the Seven Eleven because X Men came out at the fourth Tuesday of every month, and boom, what's up with this old Wolverine against the wall? What's up with old Kitty? What do you mean they're all dead? <laughs> and you know, open those pages and. You know, Wolverine walking through uh, the first five pages of, of the Warriors movie. Obviously, Claremont and Byrne walked out of the Warriors and said, yeah, we want to do this. I mean, that's, that's how it is. I did the same thing. And let's put this on the page. It's, it's cool. It's happening now. And then suddenly, but, you know, in the middle of the issue, you turn and you go, there's a new brother of the evil mutants. And who's Avalanche? Who's Pyro? And, uh, you know, uh, so, so Claremont, Byrne, Wolfman, Perez. And so when he gets down to, to, to Cable and Deadpool, let me tell you, Right now, my goal for Cable and Deadpool, both, were I'm going to make the next Wolverine. I, I kid you not, the people who work around me will tell you that was my goal. I I had um, backstory. I had the history. I mean, it was like, can I make Deadpool the junk before they got to Wolverine? So I'm like, you called them Weapon X, right? Can you do a quick check? Has there been a Weapon 9? No? Okay, cool. Deadpool's Weapon 9. And I had, honestly, I think it was 1989 when Twins came out. And that scene where Schwarzenegger, they go, you're all the good stuff. And then they turn to DeVito and they go, you're all the crap. I'm like, that's Deadpool. He didn't. <laughs> he was what they were striving for but didn't get there in, in a clip with Wolverine. But they, they performed experiments on him. He was part of the program. All that stuff was generated by me uh, and my lengthy outlines and plots that I would hand into Marvel and again, ditto Cable. I mean, Cable has history with Wolverine, um, time traveler from the future, all that stuff. But in terms of, look, you had a headmaster who was crippled um, in Xavier and a pacifist. You had a madman in Magneto. And I said, neither of these guys is like a military uh, man of action, a guy who's going to use weapons, more of a commando type. They gave me the green light. The greatest benefit I had and again, you can look back in your career and go, oh my gosh, I am so glad I did not pick that rock. Um, it's, it's, a, it, it, it's, I had an opportunity to do the Hulk, uh, with Peter David, uh, to follow a guy named Jeff Purvis who had followed McFarlane. The editors offered it to me. I, I, I honestly, I, Peter did not want me. It was obvious. He treated me like garbage. And I, he, you know, I heard later that he didn't want any strong, artistic personalities, he wanted to be the star, he had enough guys like Todd McFarlane, and he could sense that I was rolling pretty strong, so, okay, great, I, I have, uh, I'll dig up my, my samples for the Hulk, because they're like, they didn't even ask me to, they're like, do you want this, and I was so excited, I was sharing a studio with Jim Valentino at the time, and man, he saw, I whipped out a Hulk, a Doc Samson, Bruce Banner, some Hulk villains, Rhino, but, um, but they kept saying, they, they said, Rob, we, we want you in the X office, and it was a huge honor at the time. You don't understand, very few people broke into the X-Men office. There was one X-Men book, not 20. There was one X-Factor, uh, Wolverine had just launched, and obviously the New Mutants. And uh, 
Then they offered me X Factor. And man, I just knew inside that was not the book for me. I would not measure up to Walt Simonson and Paul Smith, who had both just uh, done runs on it. And that's when they were like, literally like, well, Rob, would you want to do the New Mutants? And, you know, sometimes it's good to follow a book that features a guy called Bird Brain and has a bunch of kids <laughs> dressed in bad 80s fashion hmm. from 1985 and 1989, you know? You're like, this book is so out of touch. Um, and and so when they said, hey, Rob, you want to create a new leader? I'm like, do I? And here's Cable and blah, blah, blah. And they, look, they let me um, they let me run. They let me uh, go with it. Hey, Rob, uh, you want to introduce some new villains? Yeah, how about the Mutant Liberation Front? And hey, Louise, hi. I'm your new best friend. Here's 10 new characters you've never heard of, but they've been cleared and they're on the splash page of this issue. So, I mean, and, and look, man, my hyperactivity was able to be channeled uh, by an editorial staff who was generous, who saw uh, that they had a dog in New Mutants. It was back then, laughingly, it was on the cancellation slot because it was selling 110,000 copies. Um, <laughs> That's crazy. The, the, the X Factor was selling like 350, Wolverine was doing 400, and X-Men clocked in at half a million every month. So as, as far as being in the family, it was lagging way behind. But the thing is, it didn't, it was, you know, X Factor and X-Men at least had the benefit of having X in the title, and Wolverine was the most popular mutant, Wolverine. So the New Mutants, not a great title, but they let me, you know, basically tear down the joint, put up the new wallpaper, the new beams, uh, built an addition to the house. I mean, they let me go. And, uh, you know, Louise and I had some minor friction, but I think that the editorial staff, had, they, they basically told me from the beginning that they wanted to phase out the writer and the artist. And God bless Louise Simon. She, she had worked on those books either as an editor or a writer for, for a decade. And just like athletes and, you know, actors and, and writers and, you know, television shows, but they, they were in their course. Um, so I had a wide open berth to change that. And look, man, uh, Deadpool wasn't written black by accident. He's not named Deadpool by accident. I am a deliberate mofo. That stuff was, I'm like, and, and, and I've told people this and I'll reiterate it. Uh, again, it, it, I had Todd McFarlane on the other end of the phone. You understand the minute I met Todd McFarlane, 1985 or 86 at Comic-Con, Eric Larson was standing right next to me comes up, calls us the L boys. I, I don't think I can pull off a Todd right now, but you know, maybe I can work up to it. But he's like, Oh, it's the L boys. There I go. Oh, it's the L boys. Lifebelt. Lee. Lim. Larson. You, I, I asked Marvel, is all they're hiring is guys with named L? The L boys. And I go, this guy is from another planet. And I just need to stay around him for like the next three days. And Todd and Eric and I, I don't think we, you know, didn't see each other for the next 15 hours. We walked the con floor. We exited the show. We crossed the street. We went in to the hotel. And in the elevator, that's when Todd kind of came up close to me. Like like, like, like he was my Lance Stevenson. Um, he goes, hey, hey, you're working on that, like drawing the shoulders and the hands and getting the anatomy right. And you know what? That's what you do when you're young. You figure that out. You know what I'm doing, bud? I'm drawing extra bricks on the wall. And I'm, <laughs> rendering, and I'm rendering the sky. And I'm drawing details in the background. 
the kids eat up while you're figuring it out. And I'm like, this guy is awesome. He, he kind of <laughs> rolling to me like, yeah, you're a rookie and I'm a pro. And uh, I'm like, this guy's nuts. And I love it. And you transfer that to a couple of years later. He's on the phone and he's like, oh, boy. I don't know why you do these team books. What the F is your problem? He goes, what are you trying? Eight, ten figures a page, bud. That's, that's work. He goes, I got Spidey. I, I get to draw the big eyes, the big eyes and the webs. And, 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 and if I'm behind, I just put a big oval and I draw the big eye. And uh, that's a page for the day, bud. There's Spidey Spidey. And I'm like, this guy's, A, he's making a very good point. B, he's driving me crazy. So I said, you know what? I need that. He's right. Every character I've introduced has a full face, and that sucks. So you know what I need? I need Masked Dude. So I had saved Deadpool for the first issue that I wrote, and I'm like, now who's got the big ovals? And the red face. <laughs> and you know what? I'm not drawing the webbing. Biatch! You know, it's like, so, so score one for the Robbie. See, nor- so, normally, you know, man, you hear about, you, you, I don't mean to cut you off, but normally we hear about how, how characters are designed and, and, and they have a reason for the outfit they have, like, like Batman with the utility belt and the cape and striking fear. And you're talking about, I just felt like drawing a mask. Uh, dude, it was true. Like, I had, I mean, look at that roster. Look at how many kids' faces, cable. I mean, and I love drawing faces. I, I, I loved it, but it was time to, to change it up and do the Todd's taunting. I'm like, Deadpool is Spider-Man with guns and katanas. That's it. And, uh, and he'll be a smartass, and he's a merc, and he'll switch sides no matter who, you know, you want to pay me $5 to fight for you? That's okay. If he pays me 10 I'm switching sides. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it was that simple. He had, he had a history with, uh, he had a, a history, um, with cable that was established, a history with Domino. So we were off to the races. Um, what pe- the thing that people ask me all the time, I'll backtrack, red and black, uh, very simple. I, I laid it out and I'm like, sometimes you go, I got it right the first time. I got it, these the shapes, the way I cut the lining. I just go with the, it's the right amount of balance. He's got the cool gear. Um, and again, he was supposed to move, and I posed him in, in, for me, he wasn't, you know, a lumbering hulkish figure. He had more agility, and especially the second appearance in X-Force 2, you see when he's battling Kane. I mean, he's doing kicks and uh, poses that, you know, nobody else in X-Force did. It, Cable wasn't striking those same poses. So anyway, uh, look, the point out, by that time, guys, you understand, New Mutants, was one I think my first issue bumped by like five six thousand copies because hey new new guy Lightfeld he's coming on then this is back when variants didn't move stuff uh, content moved stuff and retailers really responded to what the customers were saying to them and I think my the New Mutants eighty seven I think we sold like one hundred and thirty five thousand so we we're already going in the right direction the needle's going in the right direction I think I bought ten of and them so <laughs> um, I'm sorry what. I said, I think I bought 10 of those copies. So. <laughs> oh, man, I, 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 I'll buy those back from you. Um, uh, but actually, no, I, I can't afford it. Um, the, thing is, the, uh, <laughs> the thing is that by the time we got to 98 and the buzz had been building, and I had seen it, I did a lot of local shows, and I'm like, wow, people are really getting into this stuff. They're responding. And, and I mean, it's a thrill. But the thing is, 
that I think we went out at like 600,000 with New Mutants 98, and then like 99 jumped almost into 75, and then New Mutants 100, we sold a million. There's a reason there's four printings of that book. They just kept, uh, New Mutants 100 is the highest selling, non-variant, last issue comic of any, of all time. I mean, that's the one actually I'm most proud of. It's not gimmicked at all. Uh, we had a, a cover introducing you to the new, Again, it was content-based. People knew this is where we're rolling the new team into. But Bob Harris called me two weeks after the meeting set. said, Rob, you wouldn't believe in the, the mail we're getting on Deadpool. You wouldn't believe. People go, are you so excited? Deadpool's popular now. And, again, that's kind of the, 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 the gap. Um, because, yes, yeah, Deadpool doesn't sell um, big numbers now, but his first, like, six, seven appearances are all, you know, registered between – you know, 700,000 and a million copies. And mm -hmm. they said to me, Rob, you've got to work him into New Mutants 100. I said, I just finished New Mutants 100. And they're like, we've got to put a fax file with Deadpool in the, in the back. And that's why the fax file with the Deadpool in the, in the back is in there. The reason Deadpool has a trade card in X-Force number one is because I already written X-Force number one. And they were like, okay, we, we see that there's no opening for him. But then Bob said, could you feature him in X-Force 2? And I said, yeah, I'll open with him. I'll, I'll make the whole thing. I'll bring Kane into it. And I mean, he was, they, back then, you would get a knock on your door, and there's a giant box that you think has a washer or a dryer in it, and it's literally your mail that people oh, wrote in. <laughs> and you would dump it out, and you're like, oh, my gosh. It was that sound and feel moment. They liked me. Um, and, and you're like, this is cool. This is working. And, again, that that gave me just the um, – the confidence, the confidence that I had a connection, because, you know, um, and, and honestly, the thing about today's comics is the corporations tell you when the connection's happening. Very rarely do you get to have time to make that connection because they yank it four to six issues in, and then you restart. And I cannot determine whether that is deliberate, um, beca because it's, it's not like they're doing six issues, four issues, they're gone, and then another guy comes in for two, and then they're coming back for four. Um, it, it's like you get a version of a character, and it's gone, and also the marketing and everything tells you nowadays this, 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 and the, and the pricing structures. And, well, if I buy 30 of this, now I'm actually getting them for 10 cents. So, I mean, I, my retailer buddies, they lay it out to me, and I gloss over it, and, and so do they, quite honestly. Um because the incentives have just gone off the charts. but And, and here's the deal. What was happening with Jim and with Todd and myself and with Eric, we, I have really studied this lately and gone back and been looking back a lot, and people forget what came before. Marvel Comics was in a rut. Um, mm -hmm. 100% yeah. those books were boring. I'm not going to pick on names, uh, but, but the spider books that weren't drawn by Todd or Eric at the time, uh, and for anybody listening, Eric didn't come on until after Todd. So um, when Todd came on, the spider books were dull. That uh, They looked like comics of the 70s. Um, the Avengers, the West Coast Avengers, the Fantastic Four, uh, well, they were tired. And, and uh, you know, Captain America was worn out. Thor was uninspired. Walt had long since left the book. Right. Um, I mean, most of Marvel's line had seen its greatest success in the early 80s mm -hmm. uh, from Burn Austin, Frank Miller, Simons, and all that stuff. And then it, it was kind of getting 
boring. And, and again, they would tell us. And Todd gave me the motto. But when they tell me, oh, don't break the borders, I break 10 borders. And you should do the same. And I'm like, Todd's breaking 10. I got to break 15 borders. And it was. We, we had our run of the joint because our editors liked us and they trusted us. And our editors liked the increased sales. Um, Jim Salakrup, who ed- edited uh, Todd and Eric on Spider-Man, he called me all the time, Rob, are you ready to come back to the Spider-Man office? What do you mean come back? We well, got one annual. It was great. Come on. And then Bob would be like, hey, I heard, I heard, I heard Spider-Man office called you. you. You're not going anywhere, are you? No, I'm staying with you. Oh, okay, good, good. I, I, I don't worry about it. And, and, and again, so see, the Spider-Man office and the X-Men office were competing against each other within you know, the halls of Marvel, and it made mm-hmm. for some exciting comics. That so, was, uh, what, like, I think Annual 23 you did, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. And, yeah. And, and again, that was just, I was biding time. Well, if they call me, say, we love Hawk and Death, come work for us, every kid in America was loving the X-Men, obviously, more than they were loving Hawk and Death. That was a no-brainer. Bye, Hawk, <laughs> bye, Dove. I'm going to the X office. And they'd give me an X-Force film, I mean, X-Factor film, and uh, New Mutant Daniel, and uh, X-Men film, and, and, and they were, again, Bob was like, uh, and this, this is cool. He's like, I want to move these, the, the guys off in the Newton's book, but I gave the artist six months notice, so I'm going to play that out with him. And it was cool. He wasn't removed overnight. It was a, it was a process, and, and, you know, I, I was told, I was told he was told, you know, you just go, okay, this is how things are done. This is, it just seemed like a different time. But once again, wrapping up, like, the, the long, the, the long view of the question, dude, there was a reason Wolverine was so popular. He had six knives. I've said this all the time. Three on each hand. He was the visceral X-Men. He jumped on you, and we all lived for when he pierced you or sliced you and dug those claws into you and had blood on them. In the meantime, Cyclops touched the side of his ear and blasted you, and Storm waved her hands and lightning hit you. And, (laughs) you know, Marvel Girl threw you across the room. Everybody had their equivalent of the Jedi Force powers. Right. And with Cable, I'm like, oh, I'm making a visceral guy who shoots you with guns. And again, here's my reaction. I sat next to Jim at a... Maybe I think it was the first WonderCon in Oakland, and Jim had these uh, Marines who, and he said, "Oh yeah, these guys are a huge part of our audience." Were just had all these Punisher War journals in their hands, and mm. they'd go, "Oh, Mister Mister Lee, I, I love the way you drew this uh, this particular gun, and oh, I love the way you drew this rifle." And dude, they would have copies of guns and ammo, mm. and they would drop them, wow. and they'd be like. They'd be like, you actually didn't draw this correctly. And even Jim oh, yeah. saying, yes, I have to draw everything correct. And I was like, oh, my gosh, shoot me. I am going to draw big Jack Kirby vacuum guns. And so no one tells me I draw them wrong. So, you know, first order of business with cable. Nothing is real. These are <laughs> cylindrical, weirdo shapes, and they blast you with big, giant, Cubed energy. I mean, it was like it, it, that. That that was the idea. And again, here's the visceral. Here's another visceral X-Men. He's got weapons. He's got a robotic arm. He's got a giant scar on his face. I mean, he's your. Uh, he, he he was immediately in my. I was trying to have him be somebody that kept up with Wolverine and had that kind of visceral appeal. And again, so guys with weapons, that kind of stuff. That that always interested me. Um, Cap with the shield, Thor with the hammer, Hawkeye with his bow, 
And so that carried over in all my image stuff. But I, I've, I've, you know, I know I've answered your question, and I've taken a long time doing it, so I'm going to take a breath, and you'll, uh-huh. you'll answer. Fit right in. Hey, I, it's, it's cool. I got it. Cool. Go ahead. The cable talk is music yeah, to my Vince ears. Vince is a huge cable fan. I, I could li- listen to you talk cable all night. I, I'm what, 49? <laughs> Cable is by far my favorite X. Oh man, I, ever. That, that thrills me. I so appreciate that. You know, you can have Wolverine. Cable yeah. is the man, and you and you were you were talking about the big guns and the scar and the you know he just looks cool. But you also built in the cerebral component. Yeah. He he's like the, he's the mutant Zen master. Hey, um, he, I can uh, let me just, I can jump right in to an argument I had with Bob Harris, issue ninety nine. Because I would give Bob broad outlines, and then I would write the pages, and then I would send, like, guideline notes to Fabian of what was going on in every page. There was never a, hey, Fabian, let's do this. I love Fabian. Fabian knew the gig. Fabian has been very generous. Fabian has sidled up to me at tables and said, Bob, I tell everybody I know, I bought my house because of Rob Liefeld. <laughs> I was lucky. I, I was, and, and, and that is 100%. And you know what? There's not a lot of guys in the business who'd be that honest. And you know what, yeah. Fabian, Fabian worked his ass off, kicked ass with me. We kicked ass together. But he has never wavered from, I was just lucky to get on this kid's train, and, and, and I needed somebody who, who, who could ride with me. And, you know, we rode together. And um, he, he, he did a great job. And when I left, that's why the book was so excellent, man, because he had that vibe, he had that energy together. But I would send this stuff. So they wouldn't see it always as it was, you know, as I intended to present it. And so when I sent the issue against them, like, we've seen him in this certain capacity. Now you're going to see smart cable. He's in a, he's in a vest. He's dressed scholarly and he has the, uh, the spectacles on. Dude, phone rings. Hey, Rob, it's Bob Harris. Can you talk to him? Sure, sir. Hey, Rob, uh, we'll get this, we'll get these pages. What's going on? Wait, what? Cables on spectacles? Can we remove these? I think this looks silly. What are you doing? I said, Bob, I'm showing that he is a thinking man, that he is a well-read man of wisdom, and we're having another, you know, encounter in the library to further that this isn't just a raving military guy. This is a smart guy. When I and 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 there's a scene in X Force Number One where he's manipulating the tools and he's fixing, you know, the engine on the aircraft and. You go, this is, he's a mechanic, he's an inventor, he's not just a, sol- sol- a soldier. And and thank you for that, because that was all part of the well-roundedness of trying to, you know, uh, present this character as more than just a one-note screaming guy with a blazing vacuum cleaner gun, you know? Yeah, yeah. now, I, I have a question, because I don't, I, I, I should know the answer to this, but I don't, did, did you from Jump think, like when you were coming up with Cable, was, was Cable always going to be... Uh, you know, the, the baby, or, or was that something that no, you No, gosh, no. You know okay. what? And I, I mean, 100%, uh, Cable was from the future. He was a time traveler. And I had originally, uh, you know, I don't think this is really in print, but I had originally, uh, asked Bob if he could be, uh, if he was one of the last mutants in the future that was dominated by Kang the Conqueror because I was the biggest Kang the Conqueror fan. <laughs> and I said, uh-huh. and I said, this would take it, you know, it would expand the mutant universe a little and also, um, show that other Marvel villains come to, you know, uh, become, 
you know, a threat to the X-Men. And so he's a mutant. He's been battling Kang uh, all this time, and the mutants are the key, and, and, and you can't allow the mutants to be exterminated. Um, they were like, we'll think about it, we'll think about it. They never gave me a yes, they never gave me no. I always operated under that until I got a phone call that they decided to retroactively, um, and again, put the magic lasso around me. I'm speaking the truth, and anyone who wants to counter me, let's go. Let's 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 get you know uh, get the wires out. Let's get the detector out. Let, let's let's <laughs> let's stare up, and I'll go against you and watch my my you know lines not move. I will pass that test because I I would get calls like this too. Ring ring, ten o'clock at night. Well, you know I, I did long stretches. Uh, come back from dinner, and I'm a 22 year old kid hanging out with my buddies from all college. Come back to the studio, uh, draw from 9:30, 10 till 3:30 in the morning. Go home, crash, get up at 8:30, and start the whole. You know, I was just I was slow going. By the afternoon, I was getting stuff done, but in the evenings, I'd be cranking. So, phone rang. Hey, uh, Rob, it's Jim. Hey, Jim, what's up? This is Jim and talk to. And uh, hey, I uh, just want to let you know uh, we uh, we've uh, got a, a kind of a, a, a cable character we're, we're introducing. I mean, you're gonna look at him, you're gonna think he's cable, and and you're not wrong. He, 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 he's inspired by Cable. I mean, he's coming from the future, too. And I went, are you freaking kidding me? Like, that pissed me off. Um, and, and, uh, and he's like, oh, he's called Bishop, and, he, and, and, and you know, and he's going to have uh, some ties to, 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 the, to the future, and, and, and he's kind of a, a policeman for me. And I'm like, ah, who cares? Just get off the phone with me now, Jim. I'm pissed. Um, and, uh, and then I'd be like, really, Bob? And Bob's like, I don't get the same. I don't get the same. And I'm like, oh, you're so full of shit. But um, then I get another call about a year later. Hey, uh, Rob, it's uh, Jim. Yeah, what's up, Jim? We're doing another character like kind of Cable, and you're gonna be in, and you're gonna think he's like Cable, and uh, he, he, but but he's got like a, a massively based on like Brother Blood. You know Brother Blood, you know uh, from from Titans. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's Maverick. His name's Maverick. But he's got guns. And he, oh, you, you're, you're gonna think he looks like Cable, and I'm like, hey, Jim, we've done the chance. Have a night. Like whatever. Um, and along those lines. Uh, they said, "Hey, Rob, Rob, it's, it's Bob and Jim, and, and, and uh, we've decided that uh, we're doing this uh, thing with Bishop and time travel and X Factor, and, uh, and we're going to have it that uh, Nathan Summers is Cable." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's awful, but okay." Um, and you know what? <laughs> it, it's not awful. It works, but you know, uh, so so let me repeat that again. It's not awful, comma. It works. I'll do it a third time for anybody who's who's going to listen to this and start tweeting, why is this awful? Third time, it's not awful. It works. But there were, in my opinion, many better um, avenues. Uh, and still could be, man. Hey, man. I'm a young man. And, uh, you know, until I die, I, there's always a shot. There's always a shot. Somebody new is going to come in there and go, hey, let's screw with this. I mean, it's happened. Um, I mean, I watched Russell Crowe live on a Krypton I've never seen before, and I dug it. But, um... <laughs> You know, so so you know. I mean, it, there's always a chance. There's always a chance that something's going to change. Yeah. I mean, I, dude, and then there, and then there's Robert Kirkman. Hey, did you hear what I did? <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> do you have a, Have they not told you about what I'm doing with Ultimate Cable? Um, no. What's that? Well, he he he. You saw that that cover that Turner did with the cable. He's Wolverine. Do you think that's cool? And the tirade of expletives that followed, 
I didn't know where I was sitting. I was outside on my lounger in front of my pool, and I said, Kirkman, you're a freaking idiot. What a dumbass. That's horrible. What a stupid thing to do. You, you made Cable and Wolverine the same dude. That is lame. Oh, dude, you're horrible. And he's like, oh, man, I didn't expect you to have this kind of reaction. I'm like, Robert, I don't care. Whatever. I calm down. I'm like, I'll check it out. Good luck to you. Whatever. Horrible. Um, so, you know. And that's how you can talk to your friends. We're pals. Sure. But, um, but like, what I'm saying is, you know, it didn't take long for somebody to say, nah, that Scott and Gene stuff, not in this universe. And, uh, my brilliant leap of genius is, you're Wolverine. Um, so, yeah, I mean. Uh, Kirkman sounds like he just walked out of the cornfield. No, this is back before he perfected. I was definitely doing 2006 Robert Kirkman right there. Uh, okay. now that, that, if I was doing Kirkman, I'd be like, hey, what's up? Yeah, it's Robert. Hey, what's up, man? He's, he's low-key. Hey, what's up, like, yeah. I'm losing you. I'm losing you. I'm, I'm on the sick of the walking dead. Bye. But, um, the, uh, I love Robert. He's, he's a great friend. Talk to him all the time. And he always goes, you do a, a terrible imitation of me. So that was my terrible imitation of Robert Kirkman. Definitely circa 2006. But, um, all yeah. I'm saying is, look, as I speak, I'm looking at my shelf and I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, Eight cable statues, individual cable statues. And my good buddy Bowen uh, oh. has given him those kick-ass shoulder pads on this guy. I mean, first glance, eight pouches on his chest, six on his legs. I shout mean, out to Randy, by the pads. way. Say what? I said shout out to Randy Bowen. I have a many Bowen statues. Oh, yeah, my I mean, I, the, 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 from the bus to the statues. I mean, dude, you know... Uh, the 90s called. They never left. Um, <laughs> they're on my shelf. You know, I, I bought these in 2004, 6, 8, 10, 12. And then, uh, and then there's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 Deadpool statues I'm looking at. And again, they, that, that's my design. And so I'm getting back to you. If it looks cool, it's going to stand the test of time. Does Darth Vader, it's true. Does Darth Vader still look cool? He does. You want to know what? They didn't screw with them. They didn't say, let's give them a high collar. Um, they're like, <laughs> yeah. he looks, that, the minute he stepped on the screen, the screen, and, 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 uh, I'm sorry, which one of you is 49? Which one? Vince. Vince? Brother, so you were there with yes. me? I, I, I was in my theater. Man, when Darth Vader came on the, 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 the rebel, the rebel blockade ship, I crapped my pants. What? And, you know, it's a black night. It's a black space night. And you're like, oh, I will give my heart to you for the rest of my life. I will buy whatever you're selling, Darth Vader. Um, similarly, I mean, I look back and I go, George Lucas was, he was so brilliant. I mean, freaking Obi-Wan when he came out of the desert, he looked like Moses. It's like, now the space saga gets biblical. We've had robots and and metal, metallic stormtroopers, and here comes the spooky Moses, Elijah, <laughs> and you go, it had everything. And then, oh, Jedi Knights are awesome. We're ceremonial. We use laser swords. And and then Han Solo, oh, I need to get blaster on my side. I mean, everything in that movie works because it was designed and it burned into our, you know, our, our, our collectives. And, and you go, Han Solo, Space Cowboy, uh, Young Luke, you know, Jedi apprentice to biblical-looking Moses guy who's going to get slayed by super black knight robot breather. 
So you just go, the designs and the looks and Star Wars had a deep effect on me. And Deadpool was always intended to be dope, Boba Fett. But to Jason, to get to your point about, I've sat in front of, uh, it recently, uh, January, uh, a panel of 400 guys packed in the room in Arizona. And I, here's what I tell people now. There's a Deadpool for everybody. Because I get, hey man, I like the dude and stuff, but man, that Kenya always sucks. Then, I get the, oh, I can't read that dude and shit. I'd give anything for January to come. Then, oh, that's just crap. Uh, I, I'm, I'm just a Joe Kelly guy. I only read Joe Kelly Deadpool. Then I get the, nobody's joined Deadpool kids since the new Internet Force. Okay. And so what I tell people is, there's a Deadpool for all of you. Marvel has made sure that there's a Deadpool for everyone. If you like mm-hmm. the classics, they're right here on my shelf. They're in print. If you like the new wackadoodle stuff, there it is. Um, you know, it's, it's soup to nuts. When he was in Reminder's Uncanny X-Force, he was not the the Daniel Way Deadpool that they were selling you. He was more sinister, creepy, insane, but not Looney Tunes, you know? So, yeah. but at the end of the day, see these awesome-looking kick-ass statues that look like I drew them? Um, they don't talk back to me. They just look awesome! <laughs> they just look awesome! And when I'm walking into WonderCon, and 20 Deadpools are posing for pictures, and they look over and they go, Hey, Dad! Hey, Dad! Take a picture! When we take that picture, I am, I don't have, I don't have audio. I just have 20 badass designs that are Rob Liefeld's signature baby. And you go, that's why people like this. You want to know when they hated him? When they took him out of his costume. Hey, we're going to make you Agent X. Barf. Um, yeah, how'd that work for you? Let's make a fleshy scar guy in a mate in a Neo jacket. Marvel at the height of their creativity. You know, and let's make him like Neo, but it'll be like, uh, uh, look like a pepperoni face. Um, and rejected wholesale. Rejected wholesale. I mean, yeah. yeah so, yeah. so, so the bottom line is, when it looks cool, it's gonna have the best chance possible. Taskmaster, they have not changed his costume since I bought the first issue with that Christmas green on the cover and George's Taskmaster yeah. stepping right to me. I'm like, who is this guy? He's red. And you know what? Taskmaster, great today. Great name, great design. George Perez, well done. Um, whatever they do with him, he still looks cool. And again, I, I come from the school that we don't give the artist enough credit nowadays for what looks cool. I love good stories, but I love good stories with uh, art that I'm passionate about. And, you know, when when... It's it's when there are artists that I like drawing X Men or Avengers, I'm obviously more excited about it. Um, there's a, there, there's a commercial way all these characters we know the commercial way they look. Then there's the cool weird way I was look when back in probably '87 '88, uh, Kent Williams I think his name did a Wolverine Havoc Havoc painted. meltdown. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah, yeah. meltdown yeah. And, right. and yeah. freaking it was John James both and Kent Williams. Yeah yeah he gave Wolverine freaking. Rabbit ears. It was yep. rad. His, his, they were like dangling down in front of his face. Um, I'm all for that stuff, man. I'm, I love artistic expression, but um, I, I don't see a lot of either. Uh, I see a lot of dull inspired yeah. comics, and there's my uh, minor. That doesn't mean all comics are dull and inspired, but it's a product of there's so many comics now. Yeah, and yeah. The, right. the, well, that was, that was one of the things I wanted to add to the cable discussion, because I can talk cable all night. But in, in my eyes, the character is essentially the X version of Captain America. Very much. 
they're 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 both they're both men out of did you can was that one of your considerations when you were creating the character did you see him as the ex captain no, america no I mean, he was just a super he he was a cybernetic soldier from the future um but right because they're they're both men out of time right cap had that moment in the ice uh, cable's literally a a time traveler but you added that one element that differentiated it from the 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 source what i consider one of the sources you added the cool factor the cyber arm, the light up eye, the big ass gun. Like you took what you knew from experience worked in comics. Leader, tap, uh, yeah, you know, he's uh, a tap, Wolverine was the, You're right. The blueprint, blueprint for me at that point was Wolverine, which is why everybody is showing to drop a, okay, he and Domino have a past. Okay, he and Deadpool have a past. Okay, he and this Strife guy have a past. So, you know, <laughs> um, I, I'm with you there. I, I, but I, I, I mean, Claremont and his, he was a master. Those those X-Men issues were brilliant. And his, uh, whether it was Frank Miller or John Byrne, he had some powerful collabor- collaborators. But, I mean, I, I, look, you're, the idea was to make him mysterious and well-rounded. And mm-hmm. I, again, to this day, again, you know what, when I, there are a lot, I can go 20 issues reading Cable, and he never mentions that he's Scott or Gene's son. You know? Um, it's not something he goes, hi, yeah. I'm the son of Scott and Gene. Oh, hello, I'm Scott and Gene's son. People just know him as Cable, um, and uh, and and so how he acts as Cable is why they, you know, react strongly to him. And I'm glad that they've. Uh, you can tell the guys who dig him, and the people who just don't care much for him. And it's funny to watch and read those books because I, I do check all that stuff out. But I'm sorry I interrupted you. Uh, look, the Super Soldier, Captain America stuff. I mean, you're, you're touching on, like you said, men at a time. Definitely men at a time are fantastic. My pitch to Bob Harris, first thing I said is he knows how every single X-Men dies, and it terrifies him when he meets them. He's, you know, torn inside because he's seen them all die. He lives that far in the future. And, it, you know, that's all, you know, Terminator-esque stuff. I mean, I was a huge Cameron fan, and um, his stuff that he did on Aliens and the stuff that he did on, on Terminator obviously was huge impacts. I mean, I was like, I'm going to make him look like Bruce Willis meets Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know? Um, so, so that, that was the, the, when it comes to the motivation and just again, magic lasso around me just being hundred percent honest, you know, in Captain America, it was, it was all that other kind of, uh, uh the Wolverine stuff to the Cameron stuff. But it, it mm-hmm. I, I see where we end up at the same place. And it works. Um, because I, I, look, I've, I've enjoyed so many people's interpretations. Look, I enjoy all the wacky Deadpool stuff. I enjoy, and I also don't believe that's, that's not where the character stops. I'm, I'm going to tell you, at some point, there will be a Deadpool film. There will be. I don't know if it's the film that's, that's, that's kind of parked right now, but, um, the first time I met with the Donner production people, they called me up after Wolverine Origins. They realized they'd gotten it wrong. And they said, we want to pick your brain. First thing I said to them, I'm surrounded by nine, you know, uh, Hollywood types, uh, three producers and all their assistants and junior executives. And I said, here's why I'm here right now. There is no Deadpool story adaptable for film. Now, I can, trust me, I argue with these people. No, no, Joe Kelly's exceptional issue where he infiltrates Hydra <laughs> is a fantastic adaptation for this brain life out. Now, I understand, when you're going to make a movie, you have to have an entry point. What's the entry point of your antagonist? Um, are women going to care about this character? This is how Hollywood breaks things down. 
Um, you know, what's the emotional hook? What's his arc? What's he overcoming? And I sat there and I said, you don't have that. And you've been through all the books, you don't have it. So let's figure it out. And in the script that I read, uh, it incorporates about 25, 30% of the uh, character stuff I urged them to focus on. I had a very deliberate uh, Deadpool story in mind. I had a motivation. And uh, there was there's a, a producer... Uh, not necessarily tied to the X-Men films now. He's kind of a, an associate. He emailed me about five weeks ago and he said, it will be shocking to see how Deadpool changes when the movie gets made. Because uh, the the crazy Daffy Duck Deadpool, he's not in that, he isn't in the movie. Is he crazy? Is he funny? Oh, what I mean crazy is he insane. Is he like a lethal, insane person who has about 12 great one-liners that will have people falling into the aisles? But um, th- there's also a backstory. Uh, again, you go. You, I'm sitting there going, you have Ryan Reynolds. You need to show Ryan Reynolds at some point because ladies like him. Why would you not have him without his shirt off at some point? So we have to establish what made him go in and submit himself to the Weapon X program and how does that propel a story. And so we had this meeting. And um, when that happens, uh, it'll be interesting. Deadpool will change again. It will be reflected in the same way. Joe Quesada said, we asked the origin of Wolverine before Hollywood does, because they saw that the X-Men movie did well, and that Hollywood was going to start co-opting the mutant franchises, because you know Fox pretty much owned them lock, stock, and barrel. So like, all we can do is get the stories first. And I mean, they'll, they'll be, they will be reactive. Last week, last year was the weirdest year. I mean, last, last June, the week of the, of the video game, you guys have to understand. The video company was sending me a couple of copies. They were very generous, but I wasn't, I checked on my tracking and they were coming the day after it came out. Now, I knew it was a hard R movie, I mean, a video game, but I knew my son, who is an avid gamer, I could, I, I had already said, will you play this for me? Because I can't. And can I watch it? And he's like, yeah, sure, Dad. So I, I forget what my wife was that night, but I took all the kids, drove in a GameStop, asked for the dick pool, and that, if I could have had the video of that, it was awesome. I'm sitting there with my daughter and my two boys, and I said, yeah, I would like the Deadpool game. And again, when we walked in, there's the giant cardboard Deadpool game, you know, display. And they're like, sir, now this is about 6 o'clock at night. We just on dinner, so it's on the way home. And, 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 and so at the end of the day, or, or getting close to the end of the day for the GameStop, and GameStop guy goes, sir, I have to ask you, are your children going to be playing this? And I said, um, we're all going to be playing it on some capacity, not her. And he's like, well, I need to warn you, this is a rated R game, or a, you know, whatever, for language, and for sexual, and I said, right, right, no, I know, I know all this. Okay, okay, I just want to make sure, sir, I just want to make sure you know what you're buying. I said, I know what I'm buying. And then literally, dude, he just would not give it over to me. He went and got the manager. And then he said, we had a lot of problems. We had some angry moms returning today. And I just blurted out. I said, dude, I created Deadpool. Just started the game. And he's like, yeah, sure, you created Deadpool. <laughs> and that's when my one son goes, he did? Like, I'm going to defend my dad. And then I said, no, dude, I, look, I, I did. Google me right now. You have a smartphone. Just, I want to play the game and get home. And you're, and you're telling me all these, all these restrictions. And oh, I know. Phone. So... Funny enough, we got the game, we got in the car, we, you know, after, on level four, when Deadpool was reaching out for the girls' machine gun jibblies, as they were dangling there, I said, Luke, game goes off, we're done, we're done. Thanks for playing it, 
it was awesome, and we got to see Cable, and you got to hear a song called, you know, Who the F is Cable, and wasn't that awesome, didn't, won't your mom kill me for that? But, um, so, why I'm telling you the story is, six days later, on Cartoon Disney, Deadpool is appearing with Spider-Man in a basically G-rated fun adventure. Um, So you had raunchy Deadpool hit the video game platforms, and six days later, look, kids. So then I'm at a convention, and I got a mom, and she's got little Billy and little Bobby, and they're cute little kids, and they want their Deadpool sign. I said, hey, you guys, you guys wouldn't have gotten near the game, right? And the mom looked at me with a sneer, and she shook her head. No way. And I said, no, I'm just checking. I'm just checking. I, I'm not recommending it. I just was, didn't know if, you know, you never know. I said, no, no, that, that, that's inappropriate for them. And I said, no, I, I agree, Nick. It's, it's definitely an adult game. And, and, and you sit there and you go, what a bizarre notion. Marvel has licensed this. The NC-17 version and the G-rated version yep. dropped within six days of each other. <laughs> uh, and, and you just go, what a weird conundrum for the collectors, especially kids, because I'm telling you, Am I getting on the soccer field with my daughter, a kid coming up to me and saying, hey, Livy told me that you created Deadpool and my son, Deadpool is his favorite thing in the whole world. Is that true? I said, oh, yeah, remind me to um, um, punish Livy when we get home because I don't want to talk about Deadpool right now. No, I'm just kidding. Because um, uh, I'm like, ugh. But even on the, even on the, the basketball court tonight for, for spring tryouts or summer tryouts, dudes come up, hey, man. So you, you 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 do Deadpool and you created Bishop? I'm like, Bishop, <laughs> I'm like, I you create Bishop, and then quietly I scream, "Damn you, Jim!" But um, so so what? I'm, but what I'm getting to is the Deadpool for everybody. I mean, last summer, like I said, NC17, Disney. Oh, and here's your keychain, and here's your iPhone cover because we didn't miss a beat when we licensed him. Um, and so it's just crazy because my kid. I mean, I had to turn. I said, "Okay, Luke." We're done. You're done. Thank you for playing this. And, um, you know, but then we all watch it on Disney and, and, and laugh our pants off. Um, you know, it's just, it's, it's the Deadpool, when the, when the film hits, and it, it'll hit. I may be 50, it'll happen. There's no, I know there are people who don't, it's just going to happen. It won't be able, we won't be able to stop it from happening. He's one of Marvel's top three licensed characters right now. They will greenlight that film, and that will determine... And I think take a different it it'll it, it may pull him back more to his nineties. Because if you were to ask me who writes the best Deadpool, it's Sabian. Um, his miniseries of Joe Madiera is yeah. A plus 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 definitely plus, yes plus. sir. Um, and I like I said I like all the other crazy Deadpool. I read the dudes and stuff, but the, in the movie he won't be battling Abe Lincoln zombie. You know, um, no studio green lights. <laughs> The, the zombie president versus president. the yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I know no, we, this has all been too Deadpool centric. We're moving on. But, well, yeah, I, had, I, it's, I, I do. This kind of, I guess, lends to, to Deadpool, but in, and maybe it's maturity, and we can get to the you creating analogs from big two characters later. But when you when you created, and and we've you know, Vince and I, and we've all talked about when people create characters for the big two instead of keeping it for themselves. But when you created Deadpool, did you, were you at an age where you were fine knowing that you were giving it to Marvel and he could do it whatever they want? Can I answer with ready, eager, and willing? 
Absolutely. We all knew the deals. We all okay. knew the deals. There was a, I signed individual, look man, prior to, you know, Jim Shooter, nobody got anything. It was, look man, 1985, I hit the floor of the con, San Jerry Ordway and Mike Zepp were my buddies. I'd gotten to know them as, a, as an amateur. Jerry opens up his briefcase, hands me a hot pink t-shirt, just put this on. And I was proud to put it on. It says, give Jack his artwork back. And a badass <laughs> nice. photo of Jack staring everybody down. And I was like, yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, Marvel had a long history of not sharing. And then Jim Shooter gave them a window. And this, those new character agreements, basically, it breaks down that back in the 90s, I got five cents for every Deadpool, for every X-Force, for every, you know, and I was happy to do that. I was more than happy to do that because the option was nothing. I'm 22. I'm going to get, you know, if these become toys, if these become, you mean I'll participate? Um, and that was the chatter. Um, I had my family attorney look them over. I was like, yeah, these stand. Um, look, man, those to the test of time, and I mean, I mean, I signed them on zero and strife and tempo and tumbleweed and form and yeah, wild side and and shatterstar. I mean, I signed them. I, I mean, I, I may have signed more than anybody during that period. And, yeah, people uh, forget I remember, too no, how, and, how many of those characters that you like. Yeah. People forget back in the nineties how many of those things were made into action figures and stuff. I mean, yeah, oh, lot, dude, yeah. exactly. That, that's it. And, that and, toy and biz that, shit, yeah. You just shake your head, and, and and that's when when Bob called me and said, "Oh, hey, Rob, I just want to tell you the second line of X Men figures is all X Force." I'm like, "So we're skipping <laughs> for the Herd of Evil Mutants, and we're skipping like <laughs> for, uh, we're for Forum. We're going for Forum instead of uh, <laughs> instead of older so, Kitty Pride." Yeah. Dude, it was again. You understand? I'm sitting at my table, and Bob said, "Rob, the toy guys came in and they flipped over all your designs, and they're like, we have to make toys of all these." And he said, "Rob, you should be proud of yourself." That was when I knew I had to go to Image because at that point I go, I it's okay that I did this once. The next time I should only 100. percent And uh, but 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 dude, let me tell you, Todd called me at one point. Again, Todd, great mentor, great, you know, uh, he was a good coach. And 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 but sometimes you don't you know that maybe the play the coach design isn't the one that's going to win the game for you, even though all the other plays are fantastic. You, you're on the court, you've sized up the competition, you're like, no, I can get it to the hole, you know, with this screen. I don't need, you know, and, and Todd called up and said, but I'm, I'm a little concerned. What are, you, what are you doing with all these characters? You, 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 you're just signing them over to Marvels. And I said, Todd, these are good deals. These will pay me for the rest of my life. These are good deals. Um, you know, again, I'm not with a 1990, 1991, you know, time frame. And, uh, I knew had a hundred more characters. Uh, I was like, I, I'll have the characters that I will exploit, that I will own myself. And those characters will matter because I was able to introduce these characters and people like these characters. So they trust me. So they're going to go to my next creation when I own it myself. So yeah, I mean, I mean, there has never been a day, never been. Because let's be honest, Cable and Deadpool don't work as well if they didn't excite you in the, in the page of the X-Men. The X-Men legacy helped those characters and then will make them cool. And um, no matter what, they've tried to kill them. Hey, next! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. 
Internet was a hoot. I would just sit back and howl. I'm like, yeah, that's going to work. Nice try. And dude, there are so many political stories. I mean, like I said, there, there was a reporter called me and said, Rob, they're thinking for the Air Force of Kinsley Cable and the warders because they don't want to pay you anymore. And I said, well, that's impossible. They haven't been paying me for years. And I said, and the reason they haven't been me is because sales thresholds are so low. And at this point, they weren't doing any more active figures or trading cards anymore. So, um, you know, and, and I had participated in those two just on flat fees or, you know, uh, board like trading card um, royalties, but they weren't doing any of that stuff. And, and, and those books, because they had been really neglected, had just were selling 20,000 copies and your sales threshold is 25,000, you know? So I'm like, it doesn't matter. And then, I, I'm, I'm, you know, a guy said, Rob, I, I am telling you now that was one hundred they were turning volume off and they sought to uh the new regime was reviewing the contracts and seeing if they could stand the test of time and if they could unwind them. And the great thing is I had a witness who was in the room when Bill Jemis uh was met with the lawyers and said, We've reviewed all these and there's no unwinding them. These cannot be undone. And you go scoreboard and then suddenly i got the call hey rob you want to come back and do x-force what so no, no no really and can you do the cable covers the cable deadpool what that was again dude many times i and it's not a mocking laugh it's an ironic like this is the politics of comics it's, it's, it's uh i said it on twitter last week because there are times i get so i need to go and, and uh oh my I said, you go back to and give him a high five and a hug. He's been good to the family. That, that, and, uh, you know, Todd used to always say, he said, I, you know, some of these editors get upset. Another book I took was Dr. Strange. And I wanted to do Dr. Strange, but they were not involved through. Baron Mordo, Mary, and stuff, all the different stuff I wanted. It was going to be more like Doctor Strange, Supernatural. And that was for the students. So I turned it down. And then so a couple of editors were wrangled at me. You understand, people didn't turn jobs. You took the job you were offered. And, again, I was young. And at that point, when I was offered Doctor Strange, I was old. So who cares? You know, if if you don't and and and, and you're going to take it out of me, uh, I'll, you know, I can go back to delivering pizzas and waiting tables and, uh, like Kai, okay, goes, buttons, image is a failure. Well, we always got DC. I mean, he's like, as long as there's two companies, you play one off the other and there you go. And, uh, and so the thing is that, uh, so, so you know, as I waited some of these offers out, and me and Todd said, he'd say, they got to understand Rob is a fucking Bronco. And don't break that Bronco. Break <laughs> the Bronco buck. Dude, I, I can't make this stuff up. Um, and if you were to say, Todd, did you used to tell Rob that he was a bucking Bronco? He'd be like, oh, yeah. That's um, funny. So, 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 I mean, you know, uh, it, it, it was like they let me run and bucking Bronco Rob, um, to kick ass. And I've always told people, I was a great employee. I hired you. The dividends were way bigger than you, you intended. Um, and and I, I I moved your product. I moved lots of your product, and and lo and behold, my stuff still moves your product. Uh, those omnibuses didn't you know just hop themselves to the printer. 
Um, you know, it, it, it's 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 a great commerce, is a great business, and uh, I, I I think back on those times and the the freedom we were afforded, um, and it it's fantastic. I don't see it happening today for a select few, but across the board, um, you know, it's very much let's have a meeting, harumph harumph harumph. Let's plan. Harumph, harumph, harumph. Oh, man, I was, they invited us to one of those meetings, and none of us went. Like, that's when we like, knew it was over. Like, let's plan a summer event. We're going to have you all in a, in, a, in a meeting hall for three days, and we're going to plan the X family. I'm like, what? I kind of like just sending in ideas on napkins, and you going, yes. Um, <laughs> we're going to plan? I don't want to plan. I don't want to plan this to Peter David. Like, no. Um, I, 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 I have an idea. I, I have an idea I'd like to present. No, no, I'm not doing that. I'm, you know, going to do, I'm going to stay on my end of, you know, the property and just do my thing. So, I, I, you know, and people always go, it's the image guy, it's the image guy. Maybe, maybe it's why they don't, they're so tight on the young guys where they go, thank you for those excellent five issues. Um, now we're moving you on to another five issues. Like, why can't that next five issues be on that other same book except like with a two-month gap? Because, the other thing about the old days, oh, man, those comics, when you got them in your hands, they had left our hands 10 days earlier. Like, right. there, was a, there was a saying, those books came out wet. It, it, <laughs> it, it's a miracle that the ink wasn't coming off on your fingers because there was no time to try them. We, Jim and I we, and Todd, we would take those deadlines down to the minute, but then we'd wake up the next day, start the next issue because we were like, crap, we have to make up time, we have to get five days back of the five days we burned there, and then the next time, okay, we've added five days, now we have five days to burn. Um, again, because you don't, you guys, you don't get that anymore. You don't get two years of Todd McFarlane. You don't get two years of Jimmy, two years of Rob Lightfoot. Um, yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's you're moved off the title, you're, you're segued over here, and, and off of guys who I know can hit their marks, you know? Well, you were, you were talking wow. about that a bit today, uh, on Twitter, because, uh, you know, just, uh, you were very complimentary of, um, of, of Declan Shalvian. Warren's yeah. start on Moon Knight, and you were just saying like no disrespect to the to Brian None. Wood and, and Greg Smallwood, but but it's like you would have liked to have seen him on a bigger run, and um and, and I definitely agree with you. I mean, just just but you know, Greg Greg is a uh, I don't know if you know him because he's this is kind of his first big. I, I, let's just agree he's he's fantastically talented. Yeah, it, yeah. it doesn't change my point. It, no, it, no, 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 exactly. And, and what I was getting is this is kind of what you're you're saying, which is that. Um, you know, it seems like if I think about it, the, the, the writers these days at the big two seem to get like more run. Like, you know, I mean, obviously Bendis Uh has been on ultimate Spider-Man forever and, and, and slot's been on Spidey for what, three, four, five years now. And, but you're right. Like the artists definitely seem to do an arc or two for the most part. I mean, I guess there are some exceptions. Like, uh, I think LaRocca did like all of Spider-Man. I mean, all of uh, Iron Man, but, but for the most part, you're right. They kind of do an arc and then they move on. And, um, I never and really look, thought look, if there was like an agenda for that, but I guess your your view is, is and is, and and they're not and and you've seen you've seen Brevoort. He's not going to give you an answer. He's sure. not going to. He's not going to. I again, I'm standing outside the bubble. I know too much. I know how the machine works. And here's the deal. Todd, again, I'm going to write a book called Phone Calls with Todd. There was uh, <laughs> what was that, that, that walks with Maury or talks with what was that Tuesdays Sunday with Maury. Maury. Tuesdays, I'm doing phone calls with Todd. Because <laughs> I'm telling you, man, this directed me. So when I went to Marvel and I did an X-Men fill-in and an X-Factor fill-in and an X, uh, uh, New Mutants annual and a Spider-Man annual, Todd, getting phone call. Bart, what are you doing? I said, well, what did I do wrong now? Bart, you're a check rabbit. 
don't be a chef rabbit. I'm like, okay, I don't understand what he's saying. He's like, bud, nobody can catch a jackrabbit. And if you keep hopping from bush to bush, they'll never find you. And you gotta, you gotta stay put and you gotta be found. Stop being a jackrabbit. Get an assignment. And I was like, and then it would be like, and old Jimmy wants to give you spectacular Spider-Man, so that could be where you park it. Me and you, bud. And I'm like, okay, message received. Jackrabbit, got it. And so now on the flip side, Artists are, you never get to lock into them. Um, and again, I just, I, even on stuff that, uh, look, there's guys we know when they're announced, they're not hanging around. When I had my last corporate stint with DC, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm doing every issue. I'm, I did every issue of Hawk and Dove. I did, uh, I did nine issues. I did, went right on, did five straight issues, a depth stroke. Um, it, it was like, you're not moving me off this book. And then it was like, the, the new editor wanted to start toying with me. I'm like, no, 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 we, 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 need, to, we need to park you for a while. Why? I'm, I, I said to him, I've made every deadline. I have not missed a deadline. So now count on me. And, you know, it was like, oh, no, 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 no. You don't talk back to us. We're editors. Uh, freelancers thank us for work, and you don't talk back to us. And then that was just like, here, here's this nuclear bomb. How would you like to hold it? And, boom, it just went off your face. Um, but uh, the thing is, I, I do believe... Um, look, it may not matter a lick. It may not matter a lick. So I, I don't want I, I recognize I'm old man, get off my lawn guy now. But it would be great to engage in. We, we mentioned Dan Slott's Spider-Man. They seem to have a formula. Humberto's on for four, gone for two, back for four, that, something like that. He's always present, even though he's not a reason. Um So, you know, I, I think certain titles, you know, they get it um, and freaking, you know, DC, holy crap! I mean, like, which Brazilian, which Brazilian artist got hired today? Um, which assistant is getting elevated? And I used to know those guys. I mean, I trust me. I worked with the agents who represented those guys, and they're like, "Hey, you told me I was getting Mike Diodato, and last time I checked, my eyes are still in my head, and these pages aren't by Mike Diodato, but I'm paying Mike Diodato rates, and you're telling me it's Mike Diodato, and this ain't no Mike Diodato." And the best thing I ever had was Mike Diodato came. Uh, Extreme Studios after San Diego and I think we were into four issues of glory and I said hey Mike Mike come here come here okay, come to the table and he had the translator you know talking to me in English and then he'd tell me and, and I said could you tell me what um, uh, pages you drew in these books and he went through glory number one and I think he was like Four pages I drew in Glory. Oh, uh, yeah. I, you know what? I, I More recently, uh, I, I I got in a bit of hot water when we first started doing the show because I made a comment on the show that uh, – there was an issue of, um, of of Justice League of America that that was theoretically drawn by Ed Bennis, and uh, I was like, "Let me tell you something." I'm like, "If there's one page in that book that was actually drawn by Ed Bennis, I will give you my mortgage." And like, okay. and, and like, it, and, it and, just, and, and you know your stuff, Jason. You know your stuff. You and I have had personal uh, direct messages. You, I have a secret about a book, uh, and and I kept it to myself, and I knew for about a couple months. That that book was being drawn ninety percent by someone else, not the guys that they tagged. And lo and behold, on Twitter, you're like, "Man, if this guy's drawing this book, I'll be shocked." And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" And then you told me, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, <laughs> the eyes!" Yeah, yeah. And I mean, uh, I knew it because the guy who was the ghost was like, "Oh yeah, I'm the ghost." <laughs> yep, yep. And and it was like, "Wow!" I think you were like, "Hey, if you're going to charge what you charge for the original art." Why don't you 
you know, it's the kind of thing we all do every once in a while. We throw out like a mystery, like who am I crapping on? It's fun. It's part of social <laughs> network. But um, yeah. but you you got a good eye, Jason. You do. And uh, but that that was just a funny story with Diodato. And do I think it happens today? And I'm not. Look, they're obviously very talented, but it's it's I don't want. They, they, there's a clear pattern over 20 years of we are all going to draw like this guy. We're all going to start drawing like Joe Madiera right now. And some of you do it great, some of you don't. And and, and then there's like a hive mind. We are all going to draw like a version of Brian Hitch. And then you go, I want my comics looking like this. I want passion. I want, you know, uh, I, I want just some creativity. Yeah. And, uh, you know, look, the reason I like uh, is it Declan? Is that how you pronounce his name? Yep, Declan, yeah. On Moon Knight, again, he's very individual. It's, uh, it's stylish. I like stylish stuff. Like mm-hmm. I said earlier, when, when Sienkiewicz was doing his crazy stuff, and I worked at a comic store for six months when Electro was coming out, and it was a crucial time. It was the end of Watchmen, very late. Uh, the last two issues of Dark Knight, which were very late and delayed, and then the Marvel books always shipped on time. That was the time when Marvel was not exciting. It was DC that was rattling the cages with former Marvel talent. And then Daredevil Electro was coming out. And my mind was blown what St. Kevin was doing. And again, he had a, he had a clear canvas. Bill, go be, I, from Frank, interpret my scripts this way, and editorial, go nuts. And uh, my buddy wrote the script, Brett Reed. He uh, went on this very intelligent diatribe uh, about a week ago on Twitter, and he just said, what would it be like if everybody in Hollywood got to make food that they wanted to make? And these executives that were nervous about keeping their jobs and keeping their kids in the private schools and driving their nice, you know, uh, cars and, and, and their mortgages, what if they didn't have to worry about pushing the nut for the corporate uh, bean counter and it went back to, we'll take a flyer on Godfather and we'll take a flyer on, um, you know, uh, basically any movie uh, uh, Scorsese did in the 70s from Taxi Driver to, to, to Raging Bull it's like what if we just let people just throw balls out and uh, and again I lived that life I was able to I mean come on there was a guy named Birdbrain Birdbrain uh, talking bird and, and freaking Boom Boom looked like Madonna and Richter looked like uh, Billy Idol and that team looked horrible they were, just an, they were an ugly aesthetic and, and then I was able to go, hi, military badass from the future. Step in line. You're all going to die. You know, do what I say. And then Cannonball suddenly didn't have a big freaking nose and ears anymore. I said, would it be possible that Cannonball would be more popular if he didn't look stupid? Like, <laughs> hey, I'm a dumb heck with gap in my teeth. I'm like, we're actually going to give you a makeover. You're going to get kind of handsome. We're going to do it slowly. I'm going to... But by the end of this, you're going to be something a kid wants to be. And yeah. uh, actually, you know, heroic looking. Not a b- 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 And uh, so, like, I was able to just run with dude, fun with it. And, uh, you know, it, it, it paid dividends. Today's world, are, the, the comics are so corporately managed that it is just bonkers nuts gonzo. You know, I know what I need. It's more Batman comics. Also, a hole in the head and a lobotomy. Um, yeah, I don't no, need that. <laughs> so, and, and you so, know what? There, there may be some good ones. I just, that's not what drew me to DC. I gave my dollars to DC as a young man because of what I just said earlier, Marvel and George Perez, uh, Keith Giffen on Legion, they just went crazy with new ideas, new concepts, you know, and nowadays it's like, what's working? Do more. <laughs> 
Sorry. Yeah, I mean, and now one of the things that I, I think is, uh, th- that we definitely need to touch on is that, you know, um, uh, I know we've been big fans of the, the reinterpretations of your, some of your extreme characters. You know, yeah. um, I love, oh Glory. yeah, they're great. I, I thought, I thought Keating and, uh, Ross did an amazing job on Glory. Um, we had, oh. uh, we, we actually had Brandon so on. Good. For a long chat, Brandon Graham, uh, you know, we talked about profit and a lot of other things. Yes. He kind of sat with us for a couple hours a few months back. And, um, so, so, I mean, what, what's that like though? Cause you know, I mean, like, like in the sense that again, these are your characters, but they're being really co- almost completely reimagined, but you seem okay. to, at least from what I can gather, you seem to be like very pleased with, with the process. So like talk to me about, about that experience and then also like what we should expect from Supreme, which is, is set. Oh, to you, you, uh, okay. Uh, when. I was submitted uh, the works for uh, Profit and Glory. I didn't hesitate. Yeah, let's go with this. Let's go with this. Here's the deal. Well, people need to understand. I own those characters. I own the publishing rights for those characters. If I do not clear it, it does not happen. I don't have, I don't owe anybody anything. There's not a leverage situation. It's, if I don't say yes, it doesn't happen. Sure. I don't wants to go on and repeat what someone else is doing. Uh, what I just said about the New Mutants and the Transference to X-Force, when I saw what Brandon was doing with Prophet and Simon Roy, that first issue, I was like, this is genius. And uh, more, and, you know, let's go whole hog. And I told Brandon, and it's three and a half years later, I will never get in your way. And what I thought when I went to work at DC and the New 52 was I was told I would have free reign. And, and, you know, so I'm over here not being given it the hell if I'm going to change gears on these guys, especially when the work they were doing and have done is so imaginative and inspired. Here's the deal. I like different versions, like I said, of, of anything. Uh, Bill Sienkiewicz's Electra had nothing to do with the Frank Miller Electra that I grew up with. They were wildly mm-hmm. interpreted differently. She had more of a sexual appetite. There were drugs in the book. There were, like, whacked-out visions. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, Whole Hog sold 100%. Look, Frank Miller's Batman, people forget, because that's all the Batman we've had for 20 years, was not the Batman of the time. He dramatically changed the way Batman talked, acted, looked. Um, and, and so when Brandon, I was like, wow, I, here's how I look at it. I'm so fortunate that these kick-ass talented guys want to do this with my characters, and he's always play, hey, Rob, I would like to make um, Mad Rock a planet. He, he he floated off the Earth one day and became a planet. My so email, awesome. sounds awesome! More of this! Um, he, uh, again, I get turned on by guys who are creative. And when, and showed me, literally, I was, uh, at a convention in February of that year, whatever, I went to my room, Eric Stevenson, Saturday night, I said, Rob, I'm sending you some samples over of uh, Campbell's work, and uh, I think he's the guy to, 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 to handle Joe's vision. I looked at it, and at the time, I just hired Owen Kinney to do events, and that, similarly, um, it, very removed from the style that we had portrayed Evangeline in at any other time. Owen had a very stylistic, uh, I mean, it, 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 it looked like street art to uh, Sunday funnies 
to fantasy. And, and so I saw in Ross Campbell's stuff the same reflection. And I was like, I'm 100% sold. Hire him. And look, I saw, I, thought, I saw that the girls were thicker, more muscular. I dug it. It's a different interpretation. Why do the same thing again? So, uh, you know, look, it's been an absolute pleasure. Brandon was here at the house about three weeks ago. He came with Simon Roy. We all hung out for four hours, talked. Um, they recorded me and asked, asked me questions. And again, I said, you know, uh, I, I've never gone back on my word. And have there been times that the only time I ever wanted to pick up the phone and contact Brandon, I told him this to his face, and we recorded it so it's not me breaking trust. I said, sometimes I think you're not doing the book a service by putting a floating rock on the cover. B- because covers do sell comics, but I, it's your right to put that floating rock on the cover, and if that's what turns you on and gets you to a great rock issue, that's great. Now, I didn't tell him that during the period. We're two years removed from the floating rock, or that floating rock. But, you know, I, my, I have reined in my commercial instincts and said, just, we asked you to bring us your vision. Please complete your vision and make it awesome. And Brandon has done that, and I have been thrilled by it. Um, the collection of artists that he's brought on, I love the way Prophet looks under him. I mean, those first that first year, he had the element of surprise in his side, so he could show you the old Prophet, all the yeah. kids sitting in a in a chair, and, and then he incorporated the face mask, and and again, what he's done with some of the extreme characters. I mean, it's it's just as brilliant as what Joe did. Joe, to me, Joe told one of the all time great stories in the history of my publishing those characters, and uh, I, I know that the hardcover volume is on its way, and. Uh, I think people will, re- you know, the great thing about comics is they're on the shelf and they exist and they can be rediscovered. And uh, uh, similarly, I was proposed by Eric Stevenson about the king coming up supreme. I had to stay quiet for about four months. I had to just keep to myself. Thank God I could talk to him about it with Robert Kirkman, who knew about it, but I couldn't really talk to anybody else, to anybody else about it. And then I got the first issue supreme probably in February in my inbox. And there were three pages that I went, oh, crap, like, I covered my face, like, oh, people are going to flip, like, did I just see that? Um, Supreme is a very different approach. It's Supreme. It's got Darius Dax. Um, the, the, the whole thing is, is uh, oh, now I'm going to, uh, Diana, I, I now I'm going to blink on the, on the female lead uh, name, but it is, it is People are going to go, this book is genius. And th- there was like, th- a character says something on the fourth page, and I went, oh, crap. And it's <laughs> one of those, like, when the character is saying something, and you, the reader, know that what he's saying to the character in the panel, that that character can't process it, but we already have, and that char- it'll, it'll catch up to the character later. And you go, oh, my gosh, she's laying the ground with some crazy stuff. And again, Warren, why is he doing Supreme? You want to know why? He said, oh, I heard all the hubbub about the Allen stuff. I think I can do better. <laughs> and you know what? Yeah, again, what what did it get down to? Competition, competition, competition. And uh, that's, what, that's what drove this business. Todd, Rob, Jim, Eric. Prior to that, I used to pick up interviews. And, and if anyone's listening to this tonight, and, 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 and I thought I'd been flippant. Oh, my gosh, I used to, I used to cringe at how John Byrne would talk so poorly about George Perez. Well, I look at George's pages, and I see that he took nine to ten panels to, to tell this sequence, and I'm like, I could, tell, I, could, I could tell that same sequence in two panels. I mean, in two. And then there's an 
issue of Amazing Heroes where he goes, here's a normal person talking, and here's a George Perez person talking. <laughs> and, or, and, and, and he does like this animated, but not meant to be complimentary. Those two guys were in competition for every job. They both shared runs on Fantasy Four Avengers, um, uh, Marvel 2 and 1, Marvel Team Up. I mean, those guys in the Marvel offices were always booking gigs on the same and they were very competitive. And then John talks about the day Frank Miller showed up and how that, oh my gosh, I've got to deal with this new young upstart. Competition is fantastic. And uh, it drills. Maybe that isn't possible again. Like I said, um, knowing that one guy has a, has a vision. I, I, I was very good friends with George Perez. He, he, uh, as a kid, he, I joined the Teen Titans fan club. He drew covers too. I knew that he saw my letters and my, my, fan fiction and my drawings all the time. He, a little piece of trivia, whatever the issue, I think it's issue 50, that uh, Wonder Girl gets married to Terry yep. in the old Teen Titans. My name is in the guest book. It says Rob Liefeld. There's a panel that has the list of names and they're yeah. all like fans or friends of George. It says Rob Liefeld. Nice. And I picked him up from the airport, brought him to the Anaheim Convention Center, uh, went into his, uh, you know, took him to his room, I'm hung around with my buddies, uh, Hank Canals, who's now vice president at DC Comics. Sure. We hang out with George. We took him out to dinner. We'd sit next to his table all day. We'd, you know, uh, run errands for him. And he had, during that period, he was like, I have to, uh, I have to take over a major icon. I have to, uh, compete with what Frank and what John are doing. John has Superman and Frank has Batman. And, and I've told DC, I have to have Wonder Woman. I must have it. I have to, I have to stay, you know, in the game. And see, you know, I, I'm just picking up along the way, like man, it's it's brutal out there. Even these icons are are, are fighting for their their real estate. So when we got into the business, man, again, you 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 hear me talk about it is stuff that thrills me, and that period of competition and what came out of it. I mean, like I said, man, I I know Jim. Jim's like shit. I can draw Rob under the table, but shit, that guy has an imagination. i got to keep up with this guy. Again, he's creating new stuff all the time. Hey, uh, Rob, uh, we're doing great. Like I said, the two times I got that phone call, I howled. Oh, when Wildcats came out. Uh, I'm, I'm going I'm to, Rob, it's Jim. Uh, I'm faxing over a character, and you're going to totally think he looks like Deadpool. Um, and, and, you know, uh, he, he kind of looks like Deadpool. Uh, he's Pike. <laughs> and I go, oh, my God, it's Deadpool. Like, what? Like, you know, so we were very competitive, very influential on each other, and now it and made for interesting comics that, let's be honest, man, here, here, here's what you're missing out on. I would drive to the comic store on Wednesdays and make sure I got that Todd Spider-Man and that Jim X-Men and that Eric book and uh, whatever Perez was still doing and, and Frank Miller. And, look, man, I was young, hungry, couldn't believe I was, you know, had the gigs I did and, and but, but was always looking to, um, you know, Stay out of the game. Who was I competing against? And 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 then now now it's like, hey, we have this show. It's called Gotham. It's going to come out this year. We have to have a lot of Gotham products. Um, you know, that's how the game is run now. Uh, you know, uh, for better or for worse. And uh, and look, it, when it's run fantastically, like like look, I have no problem standing up and applauding. Like hats off to Marvel for saying our fifth movie that we're going to do is Guardians of the Galaxy. No and doubt, yeah. Playing, and, and you know what? People are going to eat this up because we know how good we can make this. And people are going to come out of there and they are going to love Rocket Raccoon. They're going to love Star-Lord. They're going to love Gamora. They're going to, you know, I mean, it's 
thrilling. They are really an industry leader. It seems to me that all of their creative juices are turned towards the films now, which, hey, no doubt. One will yield me $500 million. Mm -hmm. One comic will yield me uh, $400,000. Which one am I going to? And I'm glad they even still put any focus whatsoever on the comics. Um, Because, believe me, over the years, I have been at the upper levels where they have, you know, both companies have talked about, have we told all the stories we need to tell? Can we turn it off? Can we just reprint this stuff for the end of time? Because we'll never make all the stories we have anyway. And obviously, about independence for a lot of the competition that we're talking about now is going on. Is, oh, I can, you think your indie book is cool? Well, you see what I do because I can do whatever I want in this book. And so I can totally one up you because I'm smarter than you or I'm more creative than you. You know, so that's why that's going on. So, man, I've totally gone off the rails, but hopefully oh, well, it's uh, uh, you. Uh, <laughs> but, but the bottom line is, uh, it was, Jason, I don't know what's in me. All you guys, I just was like, sure, Prophet, Brandon, Space Conan, Killer. His name's still John Prophet, right? Yep, okay. Um, Glory, oh my gosh, she just broke Superman, Superman. She just broke Supreme's arm in five places. Red! Yeah. Um, and again, and I'll tell you, my heart breaks that those books uh, aren't, especially Glory. Let me tell you something. The big secret about Prophet is that every trade, is, every single trade has gone back to press about minimum three times, max four or five. That first mm-hmm. Brandon collection, you have no idea. We've probably sold uh, 70,000 units. Um, That's great. And, 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 but it's quiet. You know, yeah. it, it's just, it's just it, it quietly logs in, and we don't need the fanfare. It keeps allowing Brandon to do what he does. And uh, uh, Glory, the sad part was that that book to me was one of the most commercial comics out at the time, but it just didn't get the the notice. It didn't get the, and what are you going to do? You know, you can't you can't cry over everything. You just go. We did our job. We did the best job we could. Joe and Ross brought it. It looks fantastic. It's going to live on forever. I think that hardcover will garner some attention. But I mean, again, I just what kind of dick would I be to go? Oh, hey, I'm Brandon Rob here. Great vision. Let's change it. Oh, wait. Overnight, I turned into Dan deal. I mean, like, <laughs> you know, like. Here's my motto. You know, don't make enemies. If you're going to make enemies in comics, make them with people who can't hurt you. Like Dan DeDeal. Um, so, you know, <laughs> so, uh, you know, I just think that, you know, that there are some guys you just go, why did you exist? And the next time we'll talk, I'll give you the whole, like, my, my political, uh, you know, breakdown of why certain people continue to exist and have, have gigs. Sometimes it's like, Oh, are you not aware you're the perfect fall guy for the other guys? Um, <laughs> that if you disappeared, they wouldn't have um, someone else to point to you and say, he did it! Um, no doubt, and no they, doubt. And, 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 and it allows them a machine. So I just, uh, I guess, I, I, I could not in good, I'm an artist. At the end of the day, I'm an artist. And what have you heard me say for two hours? That people let me do my own crap. And yeah. so somebody comes to me and says, hey, Rob, I want to do my own crap. Ask Joe, ask Brandon. I never once interfered with him. I could have turned those faucets off. I could have 100% rolled up and said, change this, change this. And you know what those guys would have done? They would have left. Um, sure. And they should leave because that's not the, the 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 agreement we had. Warren, I said, thank you, Warren. Hey, let me tell you, Jason. Warren Ellis calls you up and says he wants to write your, write your, write your book for you. 
uh, and Virtua along, you just go, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Right. Um, it, it, you know, and, 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 and who I'm not giving enough run here to is the brilliant Eric Stevenson, who I hired as an editor in 1992, and he and I, we went through all the image comics, wars and drama and the market going up and down and all around, yeah. and he hung with me till 1998. We had a fantastic six-year run, and uh, then uh, there was an opening at, 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 at Image in 2001. And Eric was running a website, and the people, the opening was for a marketing guy, and they didn't want anybody to hear about it because the one guy just wanted to ace right into the job. And I called Eric, and I said, Eric, you don't know this. There's an opening at Image right now, but you have to act on this tomorrow and go, go get this job. You'll be back in the hub, you'll be at the, you know, you'll have access to, to this machine, go do it. And you know what? Eric's like, I'm doing it. And, and he, he was kind of like, oh, it sucks. I'm not even being aware. I'm made aware of this. But you look out for your buddies. And I feel like he's, uh, you know, he went from marketing to publisher. And he's guided them to a new golden age. And I just feel fortunate. Uh, again, you do uh, favors for people along the line and, and help them out. And they give you breaks later when you're old and you need it, you know. Sure. Um, so, so I mean, he has a – he has a – I, for all the extreme stuff, he edited all of it. He wants to see it done in a, in a great way. And, uh, you know, so, you know, we, we just have a, I know when to just leave things alone. And, you know, that's why you don't hear, hey, Rob, it's a big, giant a-hole. It may be Rob that has a big, giant a-hole mouth uh, on social network, but he didn't go around screwing people. And there are people who tried to sell you those stories over the years, and it's like, that didn't happen, you know? Um and I'm telling you, even now, man, there's some guys who are doing some exciting indie stuff. They called me up in the last 10 days. And I'm like, hey, Rob, because that's what I'm telling you, Jason, the killer thing. I, I said it in the, in the beginning. NBA guys, uh, d- d- directors of movies with $200 million budgets. It's, it's exciting. It's flattering. But it's just like, wow, you grew up digging my stuff. And we're the same age. That's weird. But um, the thing is, it's like these guys, and, and they don't. That whole group uh, that, 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 that suddenly one day was like, oh, Lightfield sucks, he sucks, why did he... You know, I, I read about this guy named Rob Lightfield, who's apparently the worst artist in the whole world, who I'm not sure how he ever got a job and how ever, he ever sold one damn comic book. And I want to meet that guy, because I feel sorry for him, and I want to help him, like... <laughs> I want to help him through that, that, that terrible career that he's had. And then there's me, who's freaking awesome... And it's had this kick-ass life, and I go, I don't know that guy. I know that you want that guy to exist, but that guy can't exist. That's impossible. Um, but and 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 so there's that click that's like, hey man, oh I thought oh, I suck so bad. Oh, he's miserable. I'm like, name five jobs I've ever done. Well, you drew Captain America. What else? Well, you drew Captain America. And and and, and can, you, can you name a third job I did? Well, I need you to do that picture of Captain America. Okay, cool. So you don't know your ass. From, from, you know, your, your, your So we're done. Um, but this group of people, and I'm getting calls, and these guys are like, you're my favorite artist growing up. You, 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 I love all your stuff, and I want to collaborate with you. And I'm like, okay, this is awesome. You know, the, 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 the guys who were there, because Jason, I saw all of these people and, and serviced everybody that was in line. I went to a Golden Apple signing that I thought I was going to get for three hours and stayed for eight. Um, you know, and, and I signed everybody's stuff, and I met everybody, and I saw how cool they were. And, and then you go, um, wait, am I supposed to now act like those people didn't exist? Well, they've grown up, they've become 
you know, successful in their profession. Some of them have creative endeavors, but they're very, they, they can go back to that spot that new mutants, that X-Force, that young blood, that brigade, blood strength, boom, they go back in a minute, in a heartbeat. And, and they're enthusiastic about it. And it's like that age where it was like uncool to like that stuff. The worst of it is behind us. And for guys like me, it's awesome. Cause like I said, I felt really bad for that Rob Lightfoot guy. Cause he's, yeah, well, you know, I mean, you know, I'm a big uh, original art collector and, and, uh, and, and I always say like when, when, uh, again, I guess you call them the haters or whatever, but like when people hate on sort of, you know, you were the other image guys and I just laugh at it cause I'm like, well guys, I mean, and, and again, look, there's lots of ways. Art is subjective. Uh, Vince, Vince has a tattoo, you know, art is everything, you know, he, like, we, right. we, we, art is subjective, but ultimately I see this like, to your point, I mean, guys that are now in their 40s and 50s that grew up with that stuff, you know, many of which have re- reached a certain station in life, like, you, you don't see, like, pieces of art of yours or Todd's or Jim's go up for auction and collect literally tens of thousands of dollars because, like it sucks, you know what I mean? Like, like it's 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 just like in it. No, it, trust it, me, man. It, it I, I, I've tried to help thing, some people. I, you know? What's that? No, I, and, and like I said, it's just, and this is it all how great we are. I'm aware. I've always been aware. And I told this guy who called me last week. I said, look, here's how I approach my career. I'm aware of the negative guys out there. And and if I told you where I've done everything I've done for the last ten years was to counteract. You know, a lot of the times I'd be like, I'm going to go back to Marvel because. Nobody thinks that's possible. I'm going to work for Marvel for five years. Hey, what do you say now? Oh, my gosh, what are you going to do? I guess that myth about me is a true check. Hey, I'm back here with Image. Look at me. I'm taking pictures with all. We are, I guess we don't all hate each other. We're all buddies. Check. Um, and, and, and like I said, the, the thing with DC is I bought, I bought the lie. I bought the absolute, you can do you know whatever you want and we'll support it. And then you go, wait a second, I haven't been doing this for 10 pages. And now you're telling me this didn't get approved. I've got to change this character. This this character that you called me up and told me would be a good idea that I put it in because you know I like it. You have now told me I have to erase. And, and you go, there's insanity here. And, I, and honestly, it was right before I kind of blew up. Probably four weeks earlier, I was with a colleague, a uh, guy I respect. He's been in the business longer than me. And we were both standing outside of the DC party. And he was like, yeah, this is crap. I was just handed this book and told, hey, and you, uh, we know the patient is dead, and uh, we're asking you to revive it, but you don't have, you have only three issues to do that. And he's like, so for 16 issues, you abuse this character, and I have three issues now to revive it, or, or, or I lose the gig. And I was like, I can't be this guy. I can't be this guy. I tried it. And I'm telling you, Jason, it was a midlife, there was a period where I was like, look at my buddy Jim. Look how well he's acclimated to corporate, you know, corporate comics. And, Look how, look how happy he seems. And, you know, I can bring my energies and my excitement. I can bring it over there. And, I mean, I gave him my best shot. And then I was like, I'm not that guy. But I'm also not that guy that's going to go, Brandon, put, put profit with a sword and blood on it on every cover. <laughs> you know, I, I'm, you kind of, you, you learn who you are. And so that experience, that last experience was, was instrumental with me, um, in, in terms of just recalibrating and, and uh, kind of getting me energized for the next phase. But like I said, it's exciting because um, it does help when you create stuff that people still dig. And, and like I said, man, um, there's been a lot of great dead. If at any point I did not imply that there have been some great Deadpool 
uh, in cable and X-Force runs. I mean, come on, man. Uh, the Fabian Capullo run that followed me, I thought was exceptional, outstanding. Um, uh, Joe Kelly's uh, Deadpool, Joe Casey's cable with LeDron, that killed me. And <laughs> again, you're like, you cr- no, I mean, I loved it. I love it. What killed me is being asked to replace them. And because, but then I'm like, okay, I created Cable. He's my favorite of all these creations. I may never get, every time I get offered a job, I have to go, I may never get a chance to do this again. Uh, hit by a bus next week, uh, blinded, you know, whatever, just flat out drop dead. So, um, and you know, <clears throat> it, it's, it's, uh, so I called up Joe and Joe's like, no, it's okay. You know, they're, they're letting us go. But, uh, and I asked him to do it with me. And he's like, no, I'm, 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 that would betray withdrawn. And I said, okay, I understand it. Um, and so, you know, I did a, a brief run on cable because it was fun to, you know, reacquaint myself with the character after being away from him for five years. So it, it's every, every time a job is presented, it's kind of like, well, what am, why am I doing this? And, and I, in the last year, it's all been bucket list, man. It's like, oh my gosh, I've always wanted to draw gold key characters. If I don't draw them, will I ever again? Um, Thunder Agents, can, can I draw that? Okay, cool. When they called me for G.I. Joe covers, I'm like, are you flipping kidding me? Like, uh. yes. And, and like, why didn't I get to this earlier? And, and you just go, oh, I was busy doing this, that, and the other thing. But, uh, that, so it's weird at, the, at this point, but, you know, m- mostly it's all independently minded stuff. And, and I absolutely have grandiose plans in regards to all my characters, the catalog, but I'm waiting and watching how the world shifts and, um, but, you know, a couple of years back, no, a couple of years, six years back, I was standing with my buddy who's a retailer at San Diego, and I looked at his table and all the different comics and collections, and I said, hey, I'm looking to tweak my style, maybe add some new flavor. What's one of these guys? Uh, what's one of these guys? I mean, is there anybody I'm not aware of that I should be checking out? And the guy folded his arms and goes, you want to know what you can do to uh, help, help, help your uh, personal endeavors and help your art? And I said, what? He goes, uh, film a movie, get a TV show. And I went, man, you're a dick. Like, it was just cold. Just cold and like, and this guy's a great buddy of mine, but he was just, Rob, I sit across the table, that's what moves the product. You know? Mm-hmm. So Watchmen, I can't give Watchmen away. Watchmen's on the cover of Entertainment Weekly. Uh, movie's not coming out for seven months. I just uh, sold the 30 Watchmen trades I had at 100 bucks a pop. And that's what TV and movies do, do for you. You know, whatever. So, um, seeing how uh, I mean, let's be honest, you and I have kids, just like you guys have kids, and they respond to media. So media plans, everybody's got them. Whether, someone, whether anyone's going to pull them off is anybody's guess. And Marvel and DC have done a fantastic job of uh, blocking the avenues to everyone else. Because like I said, you don't see a Cyber Force movie. You don't hear about uh, Spawn Film. There's no movie of the max, uh, Pit. I mean, the great image stuff or, 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 or the Valiant. Valiant doesn't have a single thing going on. And I know producers and studio executives. And again, that doesn't mean they, that they're not going to announce it in two days from now and they've got something percolating. But everybody is very corporate-minded because they want that complete synergy because everyone knows it gives you longevity. It, gives, it may give you five more years. You know, It may take your stuff to a different height and a different level. And I'm sorry, I'm going to come back to this, which is weird that I have. 14 Deadpool statues and 8 cable statues because, again, there's no media to go with this stuff, you know? Um, and, and that's not a, like, pat on my back. It literally is a phenomenon of itself. 
I'm like, all this stuff exists, and there is no weekly Deadpool show, and there is no X-Force or Cable film, you know? But, yeah, I mean, you you went on record this week, I think, saying that, I mean, in your opinion, that uh, that I guess the, uh, the decision to do the, the next X-Men movie being Age of Apocalypse kind of changed the plans, I guess, that were in the works for, for X-Force. Uh, I know it for a fact. Uh, I read an X-Force script on a Tuesday, and the following Tuesday, a uh, different plan was hatched. And, you know, different guys get the ring of power, and they get to reset, and you just go with it. You, well, you need to complain and cry to your mama. You know, you just go, <laughs> okay. So I'm, I'm delayed a little while. And in the meantime, you know, last year, honestly, last two years, record um, sales on all the X-Force Deadpool stuff in the last 10 years. And, and so, you know, that helps. And, and, and look again, you can't, I can't help but, you know, I have shut down Youngblood. Youngblood is not up and running. Um, you know, some of the other best stuff I'm well known for is not out there right now because, again, there isn't a great take on it, and I'm certainly not, you know, interested at the moment. Um, so the stuff of mine that's the most identifiable is the stuff from Marvel that we've been through has been tried to be killed, has tried, tried to be unwound, has been called different names, and so it's fun. And, and, and again, I mean, I'd love for everyone always, I think I said that I called Cable my favorite uh, about 10 minutes ago, and at that time he wasn't, and I, I missed him. I missed the Cable, and I needed to get back to him. And uh, I was even like, really, he has a spear now? Really, this is what we're going with? But I was like, I'll draw the hell out of that spear. Oh, it has a name. It's called the Scimitar. Okay, note to self. Rewrite <laughs> the Scimitar out of history at some point. Um, and you know why he had a Scimitar? That editor, that editor was literally Mark Powers. Hey, Rob, no, yeah, you understand, Rob, I, I love Cable, and I love Star Wars. I'm like, okay, well, I, I can meet you at that place. And, and I, just, I just see Cable as a Jedi. I mean, I mean, I see Ascani, Ascani is Jedi, and Cable the Jedi, and so, I mean, that's why we gave him the, the scimitar. It's kind of like his, oh, it's kind of like his lightsaber. <laughs> it, it's, it's kind of like his lightsaber. And like, I'm never going to look at the scimitar the same again. <laughs> oh, dude, dude, I mean, I, literally, he was breaking me down like, like, like Cable, Nathan, Dayspring, is, is like Luke Skywalker. And I'm like, no, he's not. That's weird, but okay. And like I said, Mark Powers hasn't worked <laughs> at, at Marvel for 12 years. But while he was editor, Nathan <laughs> Dayspring, Ascani's son, he's a Jedi. What? So, you know, he survived everything, man. You know, I'm surprised. I, I, I don't know how we've gone yeah. two hours talking to you without Domino coming up because that's a travesty. <laughs> Because you know that's right my girl, right? I mean, you know, if you look okay. at my comic art, I have I know. A, a hey, hundred and different Domino, Domino she, pictures. You want to talk about Untapped? You want to talk about Untapped? There it is. Great name, great visual, um, great story, great character. And, 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 I mean, let's just, like, the last striking kick-ass Domino <laughs> images are those Brian Steel Freeze covers from that Domino miniseries. Mini yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, that, you, you go... No, no, again, you just go, and it's interesting that, 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 that they don't really flip the, slip, the switch where she's concerned, because I'm with you, bro. I mean, come on. She's a great-looking visual. Who would you she cast? Is, I know you love to play this game. Who would you cast? Oh, uh, oh my gosh. you, you got to give me a minute. I mean, uh, there's probably five or six. Um, who would you cast? Um, I, I, well, I, I, I think uh, right now, I mean, I, my – She's getting a little old, but I would love to have seen Carla Gugino as Domino, but she's a little older oh, now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't think of her name. Who's the one that, um, she was in the last Fast and the Furious movie. Um, uh, the, the yep. one that's like an MMA fighter that's turned to actress. Oh, Gina Carano. Oh, Gina yeah. Carano. Yeah. She'd be great. She'd be yeah. great. Um, no, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, 
Oh, I just had one on the tip of my tongue. Um, look, if you put makeup on her and did her the girl on Castle, Stana Caddick, I mean, oh, yeah. they're yeah, all, Stani, they're yeah. all, look, I mean, they could all be, and she has kind of that European flavor, mm-hmm. but no, look, you, you, she is so easy to cast. She's dynamic. Um, again, you give her that past, um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, even in the comics, I just, uh, I, I, I go, why isn't there more done here? And again, like Bowen did that strife statue earlier. And he is, you know, I'm telling you, what, you are an, another home run. When I put him on the page, I'm like, ding, 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 ding. Uh, that full tilt, I win, he's kick-ass. And, I mean, his statue, and now we've got an action figure, I have to notice they're putting on an action figure. I mean, he's a great visual. On screen, rising from a throne, walking through a time portal, you know, slashing people with those spikes off his armor, people would freaking go nuts. And you know what? It'll happen. It'll happen. It's mm-hmm. going to... It's just going to be a while. I, I, you know, it's a weird thing. I, I may have cursed myself. Back in, like, 1995 or whatever, my wife would be like, well, do you think going to get married? This, this thing you got going? And I said, I don't know. I said, look at Stan Lee. You know, he doesn't have a big screen movie yet. He may be 75 years old till he goes down the carpet. Cut to 75-year-old Stan Lee or 80-year-old Stan Lee going down the carpet for the Spider-Man 2002 premiere. And you go, hey, man, I may have my walker. And, you know, I'll be decrepit, my veins will be popping out, and I'll be out of a diaper on underneath, but I'm going there. Nice. I'm going there, and I'll see all of it. I'll probably see Brandon Graham's profit, too. Um, I'm looking forward know, to, the, so, uh, to the Domino movie in, like, 20 years and where you get the cameo where you play, like, Willie Lumpkin instead of uh, Stan. That won't happen. You know what? I, I guarantee you I have no desire to see myself on screen. People ask me, that will not happen. It would have to all be, right. like, the, the director would be like, please... Rob, please don't be like, okay, uh, but you're not going to see me like Todd, like fighting Violator in an hour. <laughs> um, I mean, look, look uh, Kirkman has never appeared with his stuff. There are a few of us who just don't care. Well, how many fat understand. zombies are there? What, say what? How many, how many fat, fat zombies are there? <laughs> yeah, well, come on. So, um, the thing is, uh, the thing is, uh, um, okay, so Spawn, Kirkman, um, oh man, I, I blanked. The, uh, Oh, people mis- misunderstand. I uh, I love those first wave of Levi's ads. I was the second wave, but they had had a season of them. And they had like six, I think maybe even Penn and Teller were in one. Or I, I, I'm, It's all getting blurry, but I love the Button Your Fly campaign because they used people with unique jobs. Yeah. And so then it came on MTV, hey, do you have a unique job? If so, call us. Do you do it in your 501G? I was living on my way out to catch a flight for WonderCon. I left him. Here, here was the message. Um, hi, uh, Levi, Levi Strauss. <clears throat> this is Rob Whitehope. I draw comics for all comics. My, my comic, X-Force, just, uh, sold 500 copies. It's gonna be number one. Um, I, I draw comics all day long. I sit at home. I sit around and, and, and I'm always wearing my jeans. And, uh, and I would love to, 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 to have my art shown in your commercials. And, uh, thanks for my numbers. Blah, 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 blah. I think I just made the break. And again, then they call me, say they want to come out and interview. And my whole thing was, I just wanted to promote comic books. And then I, you know, again, I've heard the legends. Oh, X-Force only sold because, you know, he had a commercial. No, kind of, uh, already had hit number one, was on issue three when the, or four when the commercial was released. Wrong. Take that, you know, but like I said, I've, I've seen the myth rewritten or like that I wanted to be a star. No, man, I was terrified. 
Infavale will write the entire horrific experience. Uh, and I'll tease you with this. My buddy Marat was there with me. We both flew to New York for the two-day shoot. And the ad executive ladies, they keep giving me jeans and keep having me walk out. And I go, oh, oh, my God. This, this kid has no ass. I mean, what are we going to do with this kid? I mean, really? We hired this kid? The kid with no ass? He's going to sell our... I mean, oh, and you go, I'm right here. Uh, you're talking about me, and you're talking horribly about me, and I'm six inches from you, and you're acting like you don't see me. Oh, I don't... Oh. And then when Spike Lee was like, hey, Rob, I want, I want you to read your dialogue. And I was like, I don't read my dialogue. Come on, man, do this for me. And I'm like, I'm not doing that, Spike. And then he's like, all right, on three, two, one, go. And then they'd roll the camera, and I'd be like, Farrell, don't, don't do it, Farrell. <laughs> Cut! Hey, uh, Rob, Rob, what's going on, man? Come on. Come on, you got you got to read me a dialogue. And I'm like, oh, I don't do that. And then literally from earshot, the ad executives, oh, we just need to ditch this kid. He's terrible. He's terrible. And I'm like, oh, shit. I feel horrible. And, and, and like, the fact that Spike took all that foot, because it won't. At one point, he just said, I see that I have a nervous kid who's nervous about being on camera. And so he turned me around and said, let's just talk. Let's just talk. And that's when he just interviewed me for like an hour <clears throat> and then kind of cut up the outtakes and made a fun commercial that promoted comic books. But, you know, over the years, I've, I've heard that so twisted. But the bottom line is, and again, people, they're like like Ed Piscor, who does the hip-hop family tree. I was is just like Rob. it up to you. Yeah. When I saw that commercial, that told me that what that drawing comics was a legitimate business and I could pursue it and I could make a living. And I mean, that, that, that chokes me up. Like, that's awesome. That's what it was meant for. Not to be like some shrine. And again, it was meant having people talk about you like you're a piece of meat. You go, oh, I forgot. I'm an actor today. I, I keep thinking I'm just drawing comics and they're filming it. But, and then Spike Lee with his, hey man, act out your panel. So I'm like, I remember you. And he literally was like, you don't do that when you draw? Really? And I'm like, I don't do that. And he, oh, man, uh, he, they probably tried to get me to do that six takes. And then I think the whole crew was like, why are we here? And I'm like, oh, shit, they're going to sit down the commercial. But, again, this boy who has no ass. Hey, lady, I, I had no ass and he came interview me, okay? It's not like I was going to grow an ass in four weeks. Um, so, anyway. Jason, thank you, all of you. Vince, all of you, thank you. I am going to detach and unplug from the Matrix. Um, I have to eat. I'm starving. But, uh, uh. I, man, I, it is an honor. Uh, tell me when this is up. I will blast it to the world, uh, whatever means I can. I, I, you honor me by even wanting to talk to me. Like I said, old man Liefeld, I'm, I'm, I got some good stories. That's all I can tell you. I got some Thanks, man. Yeah, we appreciate it. And uh, we didn't get to mention it, but I was also going to just have you uh, you know, talk a little bit about Brigade because I know that that's uh, – we're aiming for what – Here, I'll do that real quick. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the whole here, here's the deal. If I could not release Brigade for three more months, I would. Is that criminal? No. I want to have been gone for two years. It has been deliberate. Sometimes, and I talked to Eric Stevenson about this, sometimes you just got to go away. Sometimes you go, there's too much in me. I keep going back to the D.C. thing. It taught me something. I thought, how did I show every retail on the land? I'm going to hit your nut monthly, 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 monthly. And, okay, so you don't like Hawking Bell. Oops, sorry. Well, I, I did it monthly. Deathstroke. Uh, sales went up five almost 6,000 copies my first issue after that book was going in the toilet losing sales. Did DC act like they cared? Uh, maybe they wanted 10,000 out of it. I don't know. But I hit it monthly, monthly, monthly. Delivered my product. It's a, and, and, and that was coming off Deadpool Core where I did monthly, monthly, monthly. And you know what? 
retailers don't want it mostly. They don't care. Like we've told, they're too used to next next team four and four, four four to this guy, four to the next guy. It's just give me the product, and you just go, oh, wow, it's weird. I, I I pride myself on being this monthly guy again, but then I'm like, you know what? And to back off, there was a lot of me out there, and uh, I have had a blast, especially because Brigade One. If you've been an extreme fan from day one, will blow your mind. We awesome. not not with what the drawings are, with what the concepts are. I rethought everything, and you will see. Uh, I mean, th- there's a there's a couple pages, the meat on the bones, where you where where the concept and where everything is headed, and you see how everything you've seen, even from Brandon and from Joe, all ties together, and um, different windows into different you know possibilities. And why some storylines got dangling and never um, uh, uh, got resolved. And I mean, literally, I, I just created a theory, created a concept, revisited these characters, and uh, I just uh, there's a couple of great surprises where you go, wait, that character I, that just took his mask off, I always thought he was this guy. What? How can it be that guy? So it's it's fun. I've got two issues in the bank, and like I said. Uh, uh, get it up for a San Diego release, and uh, and I just think it'll be great to be back out there again. I, 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 it truly is a love letter artistically to like the the guys who inspired me, like Jack Kirby. I mean, I just again, I respond to energy, gestures, bold images. Um, you know, it's what the how to draw comics and Marvel way taught me when I was a kid. It's like you can throw a guy throwing a punch here, and here's how he cocks his hand back and start to throw it, and then here's the final punch being laid that these semi showed, and that's the most extreme angle that he can swing at, and most guys get caught up right here in mid-swing. Well, here's the wind-up, and there's the pitch. A lot of guys give you the mid-wind-up. Here's the pitch, and I went, I'm going to do that every time. That extended arm, popping the guy's jaw, and I'm just into gestures. And, I'm, and, and literally, when we didn't get, I mean, Seriously, Jack Kirby, when people revisit him with new eyes, they just get blown away. And the book has a ton of energy, but there's when the story slows down in the middle, we go high concept, cool stuff. And, and again, I you know what? I, I The number one thing about Kickstarter that I totally dig is it gives people a chance to support you and to rally from the grassroots. And when you release it, you could tell that story again and say, this is how I rallied with the grassroots people. And it was important. And even to give like my fans success stories, you asked for this much. We doubled it. We got to the, 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 the into the end zone. And now I'm going to do it, do it upright, give them what they've waited for. Um, again, do I think through like the reaction, and everything a hundred percent. It, 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 if I could delay it up until September, I would, I won't, and I can't, but it's just like, it's, I, I, it's good to not be on the stand. Sometimes people need to give you a first look, and that's whoever you are. I, I mean that, whoever you are. It's never a bad thing to take a take a little break. Actor, musician, artist, you know, whatever. But thank you for giving me this forum to, to talk about it. Because yeah, I'm, it's the only it's the only interiors I've been drawn. Um, and people, yeah, I do covers in a day, you know. Yeah, and all those covers that I've been coming out with those variants, I mean, I did those so long ago. Um, and, uh, and, and so the, the brigade stuff is the stuff that I, that I do. And hopefully we'll reignite interest in all these characters. And, uh, you know, like I said, some guy came on Facebook and how dare you do a purple Hulk? And I'm like, oh, that's funny. 
Um, so you've never heard of Fighting American, which is a parody of Captain America, and we introduced a parody of Hulk called Smash. But thank you for giving me your righteous indignation about how detrimental it is to the industry to take from this character because no, the Squadron Supreme wasn't based on the Justice League and no, the Imperial Guard wasn't based on the Legion and you're a dumbass. Also, you're blocked. Never talk to me again. <laughs> um, you know, it, it, it's awesome. I, and, and at 46, I have no tolerance. I do. And, and lately, I have been noticed grumpy old Rob. Man, cross me with unintelligence and I will take you to the woodshed. Um, because I just, there are every means possible to educate yourself out there. Don't roll with me like you're a dumbass. Like the guy this weekend said, what do you mean? Epstein's not doing well at all. It's losing out to a horribly reviewed movie. <clears throat> um, Maleficent has 50% Rotten Tomatoes. There's no way it should be beaten. Next one I said, oh, because my daughter cares about Rotten Tomatoes? What are you talking about? Maleficent wasn't made for girls. And we're done. Block. Like, we don't have another sentence in us. You're gone. You're an idiot. And that's the thing that scared me. This weekend I saw how truly stupid that there are so many stupid people who have the microphone. And you go, oh, this is terrifying to me. Like, I mean, really dumb. What do you mean, Life? What do you mean, X-Men isn't supported by toys? Here's this super exclusive diamond select Nifty toy. You're a liar. You're a liar, Liefeld. Exactly. Because that's, Hey, that is a full mass market toy support campaign. One mystique figure that you can only buy at the comic store through Diamond. You got me, man. You got me. And I didn't know that before we started that. You're right. I didn't know that. I'm some dumbass. I, I was fully aware that a one toy action figure means of support is a way to catch eyeballs of the kids in the aisles at Target and go, hey, what's that? That's cool. Put that for a movie. Can I see that movie? Again, you go, I can't explain to you why. Like, and then, oh, oh Rob, you know why I'm not doing X-Men toys? It's because of the manufacturing costs. You're right. That's it. The, the manufacturing costs are only good for Guardians of the Galaxy, Captain America 2, and Amazing Spider-Man, which Marvel <laughs> benefit from. Because the, the one movie franchise that they get a six-figure check on, uh, they don't really want to promote it because it hurts their other product and there's only so much oxygen in the air. But you're right, you're right. X-Men didn't make the cut because of no playability, Sentinel robots. Yeah, no playability. That Those Sentinel robots, no kid wants to hold those. Okay, I got it. You're smarter than me. We're dang. Jason, guys, I have no patience anymore. If I, don't, if they, I, I wish and I hope they get to this where there's an app that you can electrocute people through the Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I will fry people. I will freaking fry people. So and, and on that note, I thank you. Let's look Thanks forward to that electrocute, the, 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 the Twitter electrocution app. Let's make it a thing. And, um, man, I appreciate you guys taking the time to talk to me very you much. You got it. And, hey, listen, uh, I'll be talking to you tomorrow to see who's uh gets the first leg up in our annual uh, NBA Finals bet. Dude, dude, I haven't gone there, but stop. Oh, it's so hard. But uh, I, I, it's going to be the first. It's going to be the first. Uh, he says and prays, and I'm on my knees in, in, in front of the cross. Okay. We shall take, see. Either way, here when it's of benefits. So. Okay, man. See you, buddy. Be good, Rob. Thanks Have a lot. Good night, Rob. Thanks for cable. You do. I love cable. I do. That Boy, was awesome. Uh, yeah. God love him. Yep. Yeah. He's a dynamo. Notes I had. Yep. <laughs> we didn't need to talk about a damn thing. That was fun. That was awesome. Oh. God bless him. I'm exhausted. I love him even more. Even though we didn't talk much. Yes.
I don't even have to edit this. Well, I don't edit much of the episode anyway, but I don't even have to go and do what I normally do because there's no other track. Nice. It's just Rob. Give yes. So I hope the people at home really enjoyed that because yeah, I know I like, did. Uh, it was like performance art a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I almost shit my pants when the first time he did Todd. I, I don't know if I have a good Todd in me. And then he belts Dude, out the Todd and he keeps ama- doing it. I was laughing my ass off. Yeah. He, he nailed yes. Spike Lee. And, and Bob Harris. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And the oh, deal. <laughs> Oh, and, uh, and this merriment has been brought to you as always by, uh, discount comic book service, dcbservice.com. Get your comics, get them fast, get them cheap. That's the most important thing and get them delivered right to your door in your travels. Hmm. I read a lot of good things. What do I pick? What do I pick? Let's see. From, from boom. I read the first issue, written by Mark Andrico, drawn by Peter Kowalski, who we all know from what? From Sex, that image book. Uh, it's from a story by Clive Barker. It's Nightbreed. You love Nightbreed. Number one. Oh, it was really good. Um, it's, if you know the book, and like I have... Much Nightbreed, Nightbreed memorabilia. Like I have the Nightbreed Chronicles. Don't read that if you're going to read this first issue, because there are there's um, various information in there about certain characters that will probably kill issues two and three. I'm thinking of of this series, so don't read those. Don't go out and get them if you don't already have them. Uh, it starts. Where a Nightbreed comic should start in Midian. And, uh, Lylesburg, who was, yes. uh, have you guys seen the movie? You know who Lylesburg is, right? He is one of the architects of Midian. So who better to usher us into Midian than one of the architects, Lylesburg? And, you know, you see Baphomet and the, the, the issue is really cool because there's two timelines in it. There's an 1857 timeline where we have uh, a man and woman, both of them black, running from some good old boys down in Louisiana, and Peliquin shows up. And the unique thing about Peliquin is, aside from his appearance, if Peliquin bites you, you become Nightbreed. And he's one of the only ones that can do that. He can transfer whatever his mojo is of mm-hmm. being one of the breed, he can trans, he can make more of, uh, his tribe, which is called the qualm, by, by a bite. So you have that storyline with these, these two unfortunate, um, black people in Louisiana. And then we, we skip to, I think it's 1945. Yes. In Boston, we, we have a senator who has a very, specific sexual appetite let's just say and and one of his uh, well his favorite um pincushion so to speak is a one of the nightbreed uh Shunasasi, the the one that looks like a porcupine and she oh, yeah, she has yeah, those poisonous quills mm-hmm. yeah yeah 
I, I really, really liked this issue. It brought back a lot of memories, which was good when you're on a licensed product like this. Uh, it was extremely interesting. The art was fantastic. Uh, Peter Kowalski's art is great. Uh, renders all the characters the way you would expect them to be rendered with a little bit of uh, uniqueness to them. I thought it was really good. I'm in for the duration. I don't care how long it lasts. Um, I'm in. I, I loved it a lot. Nightbreeze from Boom. And it's from Boom. Yeah. And you know who did the cover? Well, one of them anyway. The one that I got was drawn oh, by man. Riley Rosmo. Christopher Mitten did one. And uh some guy how do you say it? Mike eh, Mignola? Yeah. 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 So look up if you I mean if you like Clive Barker who doesn't and you like the movie, check out the comic, because it's, it's more of the same. Really well done. I have seen done. Lord of Illusions a lot more than I've seen Nightbreed. Well, even if you saw Nightbreed, you didn't see the Nightbreed right. that Barker wanted to make. Yeah, so there is, I don't know if it's out yet, but there are, in the final stages of releasing the oh, Barker cool. cut of Nightbreed, Yes. So, I mean, I don't have it yet. I'm, I'm going to get it. If it, it may even be out, but I'm late on these things. So, yeah. But Lord of Illusions is yes, a filthy it is. film. It is. You're absolutely It's filthy. Yes. Even, remember the ad on the back of the Marvel comics? There was like a nip mm-hmm. right on the back of the ad. Yeah. I, whenever Lord of Illusions came out, look for the date and then Marvel peri- Marvel comics of that period on the back cover, there, there were two women. One of them has this, well, both of them have a sheer kind of, Looks like almost wet um, cloth on, and you can see the nip like right through the cloth, and it's on the back of a Marvel comic. I like mm-hmm. nips, and I like Clive Barker. He doesn't. Mm-hmm. He doesn't like nips, though. Mm-hmm. At least not lady nips. Uh, <laughs> like back in the zone, baby. In your travels, um, I have actually. Uh, Dave is all perplexed. <laughs> no, I have. I have uh, two image papers. books. I, I, I just I wasn't sure if I was going to talk about just one, but I'll, um, I'll, I'll save one for next week. I'm going to say for now, in your travels, because uh, read. There's only one issue, so you don't have a lot to read. Uh, written. By Warren Ellis. Uh, yes. Art by Mr. Jason Howard. Uh, yes. This is Trees. So, we will. We should so expand upon yeah, this. Next it's, week. It's, uh, it is, it is, is it, a whole, it was awesome. whole lot of cool shit going on. There's, um, there's a lot. And, and that, there you go. That is why it's in your travels this week because we will talk about it next week. And this way you can all, Catch up and, and, uh, and read along with us. I think it, I, I, I like it. It's Alex, gonna have legs. So it's, like, it's, it's really, I mean, I haven't read much that Jason Howard has done lately. Uh, so Ellis was the selling point for this on me and, and it's, you know, it, it's different than Moon Knight. It's different than, you know, I mean, there's the, Ellis is, I, I, I tend to put him up there more with Alan Moore than I do 
some of his contemporaries. Like I, I think, I think Garth or even Grant can kind of, they have their voice. They're not as diverse. Exactly. Thank you. They, they, like, like more is a chameleon and, and to a degree Ellis is as well. And, and the other guys not so much. So as great as they that. can be, um, I, I don't think I can say that, you know, Grant Morrison, I, I, I personally can't put him in. I hate saying that fucking phrase. I, I personally, of course, I don't like saying that Morrison in the same breath as more to me. Warren is a little bit closer to, to Alan Moore than, than the other guys are, but that's only because of the type of work he puts out there. Um, but I definitely recommend Trees. It was one of the, it, it, the Southern Bastard Saga, East of West. I mean, we could go on Umbral Undertow. There have been a ton of first issues that Image has just knocked out of the fucking park for the past few mm-hmm. years. And, and it hasn't, Stopped, and there's one that, at first glance, judging a book by its image and some of, um, and not the company, but just just the teaser preview image, uh, shouldn't be done. But I, I see, I see something, and I'm like, well, that probably won't be to my liking. And I'm talking about a different book that I'll talk about next week, and. Even with that first issue, I was quite pleasantly surprised, and I continue to read up into the third issue, which is currently out. So I I will talk about that next week, but for now, I am telling you in your travels, check out this first issue of Trees. I completely agree. Um, okay, so a couple things. One um, – Oh, and shower- Days of Future Past. What's it? And see X-Men Days of Future Past. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Vince. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's going to be a long time. Jason, I'll talk about it next week. It's alright. For reals. Not, not for no other reason than I don't go to the theater yeah, much. Exactly. Right. Except for Godzilla. Uh, yeah. Quick shout out to uh, Max from CheapGraphicNovels.com. Nice, Max. Yeah, Max is a, is a I is like a him. Very. And uh, uh, he's he's a listener of the show, and he's a very active member of the community and on Twitter. Always a big supporter of us, and he heard me say last week that I had not read um, Futures uh, and the Zero Issue, or nor did I have the uh, Hip Hop Family Tree Free Comic Book Day issue. And so the dude sent me a package of a bunch of Free Comic Book Day issues that I did not have from DC. Nice, so, yeah, really, really nice. nice. That's Super awesome. Nice Good for so you. Thank you for that. Um, also, I mentioned briefly in that whirlwind of an episode we just did um, that uh, our buddy and another listener and someone who's been very kind to us, Greg Smallwood, is mm-hmm. taking over for Declan on Moon Knight uh, to, to in this next arc, which is awesome because is. he's been doing the Dream Thief stuff um, at Dark Horse and doing a great job of it. But this is, uh, I think, fair to say, you know, his – and you know another another leg up in the career, right? I mean, gets gets a chance to do a big Marvel book. Yeah, so so oh, um, I actually doings. spoke to him briefly today just to tell him how how proud of him we all were, and um and he's very excited. So it's really cool stuff, and uh, he's another guy that it's 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 just few things in the world excite me more than getting to know artists before they blow up and then seeing their careers take off. It's just very very cool to see. Um, and then in your travels, two two things. Um, 
one is a one shot uh by some friends of ours uh, at least in part and that is the uh the Chu revival uh number 1 it's it's a one shot that mm-hmm. uh as you can guess by the name is a combination of the Chu and revival universes two universes that I think most people would have never thought we'd see together <laughs> which is kind of the brilliance of it um it's it's a flip book it is written the Chu part is written by the Chu team of Layman and, and, and drawn by Guillory and the, the Revival team obviously, uh, handled by our buddies, uh, Tim Seeley and Mike Norton. And it's just an absolute blast to see these guys take each other's characters and integrate them in their own styles. Um, I, I, I had a blast with the issue. I don't know if you guys have had a chance to read it yet, but it's, I thought it was terrific. And, you know, we, we, one shots are an un, heralded little niche of the comics world i think but uh when done right are, are awesome especially if you have affinity for the for, for the, the combined source material uh, as i do um and and then last but definitely not least um i know it's rare these days that we do this but i got to give a shout out to uh our friends at the distinguished uh competition um they put out an ogn which i thought was a fucking treasure um black canary and zaytana blood spell uh, which is an OGN that's been in the works for a long time. In fact, in the back matter, uh, the writer Paul Dini says that he pitched this book in 2006. So it is an out of continuity, uh, book written by Dini, uh, with beautiful, uh, art evocative of, of Amanda Connor at her best, uh, Joe Quinones. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, and it's, last seen on, uh, Orwell, who was, who also did the Green Lantern story from Wednesday's comics. Oh, that's right. That is probably the last time I saw him. Absolutely. Uh, and this is basically a, a team-up story, a classic team-up story that um, Black Canary was involved in a heist in Las Vegas years before where she was working undercover. And as part of the heist, uh, she gets drawn into a blood spell. Uh, and now it's fast forward to present day, quote unquote present day. And this, she's, this, this feels like it was, it was written back in the, the pre new 52 days where, mm-hmm. you know, she was married to Oliver and, 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 uh, and it was, you know, it was, there was a, a comedic element to it, but, but either way, she is drawn into a, a, a the, the people she did the blood spell with her, there, there's now redemption coming and the other people that were involved in the heist are getting killed off one by one. So she realizes this and she wants to protect the other, other members of the, of the team that were involved in that, particularly those that have taken the straight and narrow path in recent years. So she seeks the aid of her gal pal and fellow Justice Leaguer, Zaytana, uh, who obviously understands a, a thing or two about magic. And they head to Vegas to, to solve the, uh, to solve the blood spell. And it's, it's just an absolute blast. They, they have, Dini kills it with these characters. It's a funny book. They, 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 they poke fun at each other. It's, it, it feels like these two characters have been friends for 20 years and they poke fun at each other. And there's, there's uh, like pratfalls and physical humor. And uh, I, I just thought it was an absolute treat. And uh, if, if you have an affinity for the characters at all, um, I highly, highly recommend it. And it's just completely divergent from anything going on in the new 52 or any kind of continuity. So I just, I thought it was <laughs> terrific. And it's just very odd, right? Like neither of these companies put out OGNs very much anymore. And then in the same week, last week we got a DC OGN and we also got a, a Marvel OGN, uh, in the X-Men universe, which is, uh, we hadn't had in about 20 years. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely recommend Black Canary and Zaytana Bloodspell. Um, it was, it was, great in every facet so 
I'm so glad I pre-ordered it and would recommend anybody to jump on that if you didn't. That's awesome. Yeah, it was real good, man. Real good. And um, thank you, Gordy. He knows why. I won't get into it right now. Damn. Wow, look at you being all mysterious. Stay booking. David, did you read the uh, Transformers versus G.I. Joe free comic book day issue? Next week. Oh, okay. All I'm going to say is Jason. Dude. Bang. It's so. This is freaking awesome. Oh my god. I mean. I, I want to punch myself in the nads for taking so long to, to get that book. What's that? No, go ahead. Huh? Oh, no, I was going to say, I would love to know. I know there are certain creators or types of work that we are effusive about, and I wonder sometimes if our listeners tune us out sometimes, like when we talk about certain characters or creators. Uh, I know I, we, we sing Tom's praises a lot, Tom Scholey. I know that, and, and, and I, I don't know if any of you out there discount it because you think we're friendly with him and, and, and we go out of our way. But I can honestly say that, that, uh, I have, I generally love everything he does, but, but it, this is a, a special thing. I, I, I know it's, it's, it's a different approach. Uh, you know, I know it, 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 it doesn't look like, uh, you know, what you would typically expect a, a licensed comic to look like. And that's a great thing because let me tell you something. You yeah. know, Vince is, is, is a huge Transformers comic fan. I'm a huge G.I. Joe comic fan. And, and, and they simply don't, gotta call a spade a spade. They, they don't, the, the art in these books more times than not has not been very good, you know, over the years and to the detriment of the stories. And, and I think it's just awesome to see a guy. More on your side of the Agreed. Uh, you're right. Absolutely, absolutely right. That's fair to say on the GIJ side. But, but either way, it's so cool to see a guy who clearly has as much love for these characters and the roots of them as we do, uh, telling the story. And, uh, yeah, I just, I, I really, really hope that people give this book the chance it deserves. And we didn't get a chance to, but, but, but Liefeld actually is a huge fan of the book. He called it, uh, the favorite issue of, of the year so far that he's read. So, yeah. Nice, nice. I I love oh, I know, the index man, cards. Yeah, so cool. But we'll we'll talk about this next week with David yes. along with us, and we hope you'll join us. Same place you found this one, you can find next week's as usual, and we we will be here waiting for you because a we have nothing else to do, and and two because we're we resurrecting you. Jack Kirby in a séance next week to top this week. So. It took it took oh, Rob Liefeld to 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 fill the void left by Chris. I was going to say, oh, now, Mario see, now you're shitting on Mario. That's Jake. We don't they know that. I love him. These are the these are the express opinions oh, of David A. Price, and not the opinions of Eleven O'clock's LLC. That was that was a shout out for Christopher. All right. <laughs> We'll be back. Bye. Say good night, David. That's not good night. That's peace out. Say good night, David. It's a good thing we didn't have lion cats. Did not. Yeah, right. Stone you when you're trying to be so good. 
stone you just like they said they would They stone you when you're trying to go home They'll stone you when you're there all alone But I would not feel so all alone Everybody must get stoned Well, they'll stone you when you're walking on the street They'll stone you when you're trying to keep your seat So 